0: Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me. We're the podcast that puts you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. And here's the Sleep With Me promise. The story's going to be good enough to catch your attention and distract you from whatever racing thoughts you usually have at bedtime, or work, or personal issues that you're worrying about, or, you know, whatever's going through your head, math problems... Are the dinosaurs going to come back and eat you? You know, normal everyday worries that kind of get blown out of proportion. Overthinking. The story's going to take your mind off that. But it's going to be just boring enough that as you listen, you're going to drift off into dreamland. So, if this is your first time here, all you need to do is get in bed. Turn out your, you know, please for the love of anybody that's going to be kissing you in the morning. Brush your teeth. You might want to wash your face, but whatever, do your bedtime stuff, get in bed, close your eyes, pull up your covers, press play, and then just listen to my voice. And If I fail you, go ahead and email me, or if you have any other feedback, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Send me some hate mail, man. If I don't bore you to sleep tonight, you know, send me some hate mail, and let me have it, and I'll read it on the air. Okay, it's punishment for sucking. And But if you have good feedback or something you drew or a song you wrote or, you know, some crazy story of how I helped you or how you told your friends about it and they, you know, bullied you or whatever, anything, let me know. Feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. Older episodes you can find on iTunes or at sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you can do us a big favor and review and rate us on iTunes, especially if you're in the U.S. A lot of our European friends, for some reason, like this podcast, and they're doing a great job of reviewing and rate us. But I could really use a couple more reviews in the United States, So uh, please, U.S. listeners. I would really appreciate it. Thank you. And I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. tonight we carry on the continuing story of after the glass slipper That's it's the tale of what happened to cinderella after she became princess and what happened to her fairy godmother what happened to her stepmother well, i'll tell you what it's in this podcast if you haven't been keeping up go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper and they're in itunes they're the ones labeled after the title number it says after the glass slipper So catch up if you haven't listened, but if you have, you know that things have taken a turn, a dangerous turn, because the prince, formerly Cinderella's husband, is now the king. Apparently she's queen, but that's not helping them right now because he's locked. After a battle involving a flying volcano and the decimation... (laughs) In the decimation of his army, he's locked Cinderella, the fairy godmother, the stepmother, and the wonderful Roland, head of, former head of the princess's guard, in the wizard's tower. He probably locked him up and threw away the key. So we don't know what's going to happen. But if you listen <laughs> five seconds from now, you will know what happens, because... We're continuing with the story of After the Glass Slipper. As we pick up, there, thrown into the wizard's tower, Cinderella, the queen, Penelope, the fairy godmother, Roland, the dude, and Agatha, the stepmother. the door is closed, and the king's like, Ah, now the door's shut. We will deal with the four of you. You all disgust me. Ah, And he's still throwing a fit and he stomps off and muttering about invasions and backstabbers. Meanwhile, these four have been thrown in a room at the worst possible time to throw the four of them in. Because, you know, this is one of those elephant in the room type situations when someone's going to give you bad news. You know, you've all been there. You know, there's people you don't want to be alone in a room with. And have to be, you know, after the small talk dies down, you gotta be so. So that's what we're dealing with here. So after everyone goes to the bathroom, or the chamber room, and drinks some water or whatever, you know, they, you know, fritters away a little time. They gather in the main room of the Wizard's Tower, and they can hear like hammering on the doors and wood piling up. And they're wondering if the prince is going to go through with his promise to burn the tower down. Roland's trying to push the door open, and the Seminole's like, Oh, Roland, don't bother with that door. They're going to lock us in here. Well, what do you think they're going to do, Mom? What do you think they're going to do to us? And then Cinderella sighs. Oh, well, if if he's fool enough, even though you said something about flammable liquids, he'll try to burn this place down, even though it's stone. And everyone knows stone is very hard to burn down without a dragon. He has no dragon, and he'll probably just light a fire and it'll go out. And then he'll probably pour something and hope that there's flammable liquids. Or I don't know. It's not good though. The fair game. Oh well, maybe the king will let us go. I mean, he he could become. You know, the crown has. I've seen it before many a day. The crown has a. Strange effect on a man, and he could become a wise and fair king. Quite handsome and wise and fair. And maybe he'll just let us go. You know, it's a possibility. No, it's not a possibility, Penelope. And Cinderella's right. He's going to try to get us somehow. And I'm sure he's crafting some way. And if not, he'll hang us. I mean, he'll burn me because I'm a witch. The rest of you, he'll hang you or behead you. We'll be punished. We're 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 definitely going to lose our lives, if he has his way. Well, wh- well, then what should we do then? What should we do, Agatha? What do you propose? How should we escape this tower? <sighs> I I don't know. And I, I I could try to talk to him. I could try to talk some sense into him. He seemed quite mifty, you almost cut Cinderella's throat, so I don't think sending her, you know, to the window to talk to him would be good. Cinderella, what are you doing at that window anyway? Oh, there seems, there's some flames across the town, and I don't want to sound egotistical, but I hope the people just abandon the town. The working people. The people that are made to suffer under poor leadership. So. Maybe they're all gathering to abandon the town. It looks like there's some fires. And I can hear some... I can hear some chattering, but... Yeah. Go, people! Abandon this town, this city, this city. Go to Barun or someplace else. Start afresh. Take your labor and skills elsewhere and let this king... Ah, Cinderella, I don't think they can hear you. Whew, okay. Well, I, as queen, hate to say this, but, you know, it looks like we're gonna have to put things aside and we're gonna have to face facts and have a chat and it's not gonna be comfortable, so let's all have a seat. Okay, okay, uh, Cinderella, my queen. I'd like you to speak up real quick. uh, If, uh, you know, this is the end for all of us. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but, Cinderella, you're in possession of my heart. And I've fallen for you since the moment I laid eyes on you with your front. Your back was quite fetching, I saw that a few times, but the first time I saw your eyes, your kind face. So if we're going to go, I needed you to know that. Possibly we could be married, if if that's something you're interested in. But, you know, I just needed to, to say that, okay, that's it, I'm sitting down, because... Okay, and do not, please don't speak, Cinderella, unless, from your sweet, sweet lips, unless, oh, you're so lovely. And I gotta admit, you know, I've been dreaming about being in the same room as you, and be honest, like, wondering, you know, if you smelled like, what you smelled like, and if you wore perfumes, or lotions, or spices, or pretty... You have a sweet smell and natural spell, Cinderella.
1: Like a.
0: I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm going to say okay, okay. Well, uh, Cinderella, it's your stepmother, and I know you're upset. Let's not be rash here. Let's all calm down. No one, Roland, you don't need to throw yourself out the window to prove your love. Don't de- de yourself. Or self-frenstrate, I don't know. said it fro- Can you de- in- de-frenestration? Anyway, Roland. You calm down, Cinderella. Mistakes have been made. I, for one, am one of the mic- mistakers. But oh, I don't know what to say, Cinderella. Well, I- I'll, t- I'll tell you what to start with. Is that fucking volcano where what what was with the volcano and I'm talking to you plump woman with the sateen hoodie over there you the lady that used to have the wand that doesn't got crap now for me that was supposed to be oh I'm so kindly I've helped the mice my what the fuck was that volcano doing Volcano, you say? Well, Cinderella, it's, um, well, um, the two of you with your scam, running your scam on me. Oh, we're one person. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh, I'm your stepmother and your fairy godmother, and I'm you. You, you monstrous faced beast. I mean, you torture me all my childhood after my dad dies. Even while he was, you know, prancing around my house that I lived with my mother and my father. And, I, and yeah, I'm carrying a grudge with you. Believe me. And don't give me that. Won't you take that little wrinkle between your eyes and relax it because this is. Whew, I'm mad at you and you. You, Rowan... You're sweet, okay? And technically, you're not even a bad kisser. So if this is the end, if this is the end, maybe we could share a final kiss, okay? And It won't be unpleasant. You're not an unpleasant kisser. And your face and your demeanor is you know, quite tolerable for a head of the princess's guard. Former head, I guess. Yeah. I don't know where they vetted you, but you're quite, okay, don't, don't, what, why are you getting on your knee? Well, if, if this is the case that we share last kiss. I'd like to propose something, Cinderella, and you don't have to wait, you don't have to commit now, but just think about it for the future. For if we go to the River Styx, or the Giant Deer Country, or the Land of the Bog Men or whatever you call it, in your heart where we'll go in the afterlife. Consider being my wife there. We could be wed. We could be a bride and a groom. You know, you do think you'll be my wife if we die? Okay, okay, R- moving on. I, w- I was really hurt. I'll be honest, I bought into... I tried not to. I was suspicious about this whole that you were both my stepmother and my fairy godmother. But then I remembered the old days when I was hurting, when I was a cinder girl, and you and your daughters hurt me, and then you came along, swept me off my feet, and said, Oh, I'm going to put, you know, I'm here to help you. Don't cry. You know, let me let these birds suckle on your tears and, you know, weave you a dress. And let me pull, you know, you're pulling stuff out of tree trunks. You know, you acted like you cared about me, and apparently you don't. Because the best I can make of this whole situation, I don't know when you two teamed up, but your number one concern is either the prince or my womb, and not me. You know, you're so worried about me not getting carrying the not carrying the princess baby, which thank goodness now. So thank you, inadvertently, thank you. But you acted like you cared about me, and now apparently you're in love with the king. Oh, the king's so great. And you just fly around with your... Oh, good. Stepmother, you know, there's a sick part of me that always wanted your love, I guess, inside of me. And I've tried to kill that girl, believe me. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, maybe you were like this two-headed beast trying to help me. So why? I just don't get it. Why? Why? Fairy godmother, what what were you doing why- why, well, Cinderella, first of all, I'm a fairy godmother when I say, Oh, hello, Cinderella, I'm your fairy godmother, It's like a royal yore, like i it's not I'm exclusively only your fairy godmother, we think I was just waiting in that tree trunk, oh, I hope a ball comes, and I hope a prince comes. So that I can come out of this tree trunk and help the poor little cinder girl. Now, you were a wonderfully nice girl and you tolerated a lot. But do you think, you think I was just hanging out in that tree trunk waiting to whisk you off to the ball in some fancy gown so you could get seduced by a prince and they could go back and then give it his number or whatever, You didn't even give him your name and they go back the next. You know, you think, you think that's what I was just waiting, waiting around for? You don't you think I would have come? Earlier, if I was your only, your, uh, exclusively your fairy godmother and changed around, like got her, you know, bad attitude, tight face and had her stop throwing lentils at you in the, uh, fireplace. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a fairy godmother. That's my job, a fairy godmother. I work for the Grand Fairy Council and I get assignments my assignments are critical to the functioning and the balance of this universe. And I was sworn at birth, I've been raised to do this job, I am a fairy. There's a fairy code, and I, at some point along this whole mess, I lost my way. My assignments come through little by little get you to the ball, get you to the ball again, assist you, keep you beautiful, help you with the prints. And then at all costs, my last assignment was do not let Cinderella be impregnated by the prince. And that's been my mission. I've been working on, I've been working hard. But but then you told me to get pregnant by the prince. And I know that was you because now I can tell, thanks to Mr. Roland, Mr. Kissy Face over here, my sense of smell is heightened. So I can tell the subtle differences in the two of you. And how you, 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 you're slight. You're not, neither one of you stinks, by the way. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but so what I am saying is this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. So some fairy council, where's this fairy? Who is this fairy council? I'd like to speak to someone there. Well, well, Cinderella, I can't just rush you off. You're not the queen of fairy land. You're the queen here, and you're not doing a heck of a good job of it and just dragging me across the coals yeah i cared about you i loved you do i wish i could have been your exclusive fairy you would have probably been top of the list i've worked for some real charmers Sworn to secrecy on all that and actually they erase our minds after each and every mission is complete so i don't even i just know i have residual anger but oh i'm sorry okay cinderella i'm sorry that I let you down, and that I got caught up in this whole thing, and I'm gonna have to—I'm probably gonna lose. I already lost my wand. Probably gonna lose my—you know—I was treasurer to the Fairy city, city Hawkins dance, and that was a coveted spot. So that's gone. So you're not the only one affected here, Cinderella. I'm gonna die too. So la di da da, and that's it. I'm done. Okay. Cinderella. Penelope. And that's her name. You can call her Penelope instead of Fairy Godmother if you prefer.
1: Whew.
0: Okay, Cinderella, We need. I I guess I need to come clean here. My intention, Cinderella, to be honest with you, was to win you back. And I know I never won you. I guess to win you. I know I wasn't the best stepmother. And sure, I'll be honest with you, my intention was just to get into the castle and marry a lower lord... I thought there would be more lower lords, but apparently they were all killed off in that fratricide, and your husband's father was the only lower lord left. But whatever, I wanted to get in the castle and live the good life, now that you are princess and now queen. This is all my fault. It's not very good witch's fault. It's obviously not Roland's fault. They're just pawns in my game to get back at the castle. And I guess you were too when you got hurt. You know, I was hurt too, and I'm not trying to make this like about me. I am, but like since we're elephanting in the room or whatever we want to call it, what, you forgive everybody else and you go out of your way to help the poor and the middle class and the working class of this town. Get rid of the bed bugs, get rid of the smell, open up the trade routes. What if I. I don't know why I'm awful to you, Cinderella. And I, I don't even know if I... I can't even be sorry for wanting what I want. But I, I'm not sure... Maybe I wanted a little help, or... I don't know. I'm not asking for forgiveness, but... Oh, I don't know. This death thing has just got me... At not being myself. Yeah, I mean, I just want to... I guess... Maybe I deserved it, so I got what I deserved. Or maybe I didn't. I tried to get what I didn't deserve, and now we're gal getting what I deserve. Okay, let's, uh... Okay, let's take a breather here, because... Well, Roland, you don't deserve this. You have unrequited love for Cinderella. And you, you... you're not very good at very much. I mean, you were excellent at sitting at the front of the castle. And that was when this whole mess started, and all you had to do was check people in to see Cinderella or not. And I wish I could just give you that job back. And I, I don't know if you're going to get what you want in, in Cinderella, but maybe there's some fine woman out there. Or maybe... Well, you know what, Roland? Roland, I can't let you down. Maybe there's one day you'll happen upon Cinderella naked. Oh, oh, really, miss? Or you'll wear down her her standards. And fairy Godmother, I can't let you lose your treasurership of the Fairy Sadie Hawkins dance or your job. It's my fault. I should be the one going back to Fairyland to be accountable. I'm the one that tricked you and trapped you and had to deal with all these other had you thrown in jail and thrown in my root cellar. And had Roland thrown in jail. I'm guilty, and Cinderella... All she wanted to do was help. All she wanted to do was love. True love, and when true love... either wasn't enough or wasn't real, you tried to love your people. As princess. And I, I really believe... And I think Roland and the fairy gabbler, We believe you're like, uh... We really see something in you, Cinderella. You're special. You have something. You're going places, as they say. And, and I can't let that go either. And if you guys didn't notice, maybe this is why I'm being so crazy, is that, you know, the tower's filling with smoke. There have been burning stuff outside. And the poison isn't the smoke that makes you cough. It's the smoke that kills you. The invisible stuff or something I can't remember what somebody told me once So Here's what's going to happen Roland I can't promise you Cinderella Even Cinderella naked I probably could promise that too We'll figure that out Okay Roland Fairy Godmother Cinderella I found Fairy Godmother Slipping in and out of the forest, going back and forth. Is that where you go back to Fairyland or something, Fairy Godmother? Penelope? Yes, yes. So if I get you your wand, you can go back there and check in if your assignment's done. You know, you could, could you, I don't, I don't, yes, I I do need my wand. Cinderella, I'm going to return you to your people somehow, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get out of this tower. Either through that window or somewhere else. And I'm going to get her wand. I'm going to get back in this tower with the wand. And get you guys all out of here. Fairy Godmother, could you uh, take three extra to Fairyland if I get that wand? Oh, yes, I think I could. I could take you all to Fairyland. You could be my guess. We could have high tea with the mermen. And... I, I mean, depending on, on what my punishment is, though. But yes, we could, uh, could you form a portal to fairyland in this room? And we could escape from the tower. Well, yes, but as long as I have my wand. Okay. Well, I'm going to get the wand. And if I don't get the wand, I'll lose my life. <sighs> and I guess it'll be in vain, because as my whole life's been in vain, in pursuit of what I've always felt I deserved and wanted. Which is a... Well, we don't need to get into it, I... Well, yeah, we don't. And I'm sorry for all this mishmashing of emotions. So I'm going to leave the castle and save you all. Well, what are you... Mum? what are you going to... How are you going to get out of the castle? Roland, I've been out of the castle many times been trying to get her wand. So, Cinderella, just tell me where the wand is. And then we'll go get it. Okay, whisper, whisper it in my ear. Oh, I knew it. Strapped to one of your bedposts underneath your bed. Okay. And then I'll fly back in as an eagle or something and about... <coughs> oh, <it> was... <coughs> Oh, oh, I asked Penelope, I need to let... Why don't you guys go near the windows? There's some crossberries. Follow me. I'm going to go out the window. You know, as a matter of fact, Roland, why don't you get your sword and see if you knock out some of these blocks? Maybe they'll land on some of these blockheads. All right, I'm off. And with that, Stepmother disappeared into her room and returned in a cloak of gray. The same gray stone. And then she scaled down the wall, she got to the bottom, and the smoke, ended up the smoke was kind of like a, the fire blew out, because the king was the one building the fire, so the smoke, you know, caused a little coughing, a little faint dizziness, but the thing blew out, so the king and the advisors and such were standing around arguing with the, um. With his bodyguards and such, of what they're going to do. So she had no problem sneaking off. She snuck back into the castle. She got the wand. She turned herself into a majestic peacock and she went to the edge of the window of Cinderella's room, high in a prin- something called the Princess's Tower. The left towers. But yeah, right on the edge of the window of the Princess's Tower. She was about to jump, and Cinderella saw her cross. She said, don't do it. Peacocks can't
1: fly.
0: So right right as she was about to jump and she was going to spread her plumage. She realized that that was a bad idea, so she changed herself into an eagle. And then she flew on eagle's wings. High above the breaking dawn. Knowing to shine like the sun. On eagle's wings. Um, I know there's a Bette Midler song in there somewhere, but that was a religious song, I believe. But she flew with a wand in her claws, two claws, so in case one lost control, and she flew across. She flew into the window. She changed back into a... Woman, that in modern days, we might get plastic surgery from all the abuse she takes about her face. And they took the wand, and they opened the portal. The portal to Fairyland. And that's where we're going to stop tonight, folks. The portal to Fairyland. What'll happen next? Will it work? What's on the other side of Fairyland? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not exactly jumping through a portal to Fairyland. You know, who knows what could happen. So that's where we're going to leave off. Good night. I hope you get a good night's sleep. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And the way we do it is we help you fall asleep with a bedtime story. Something to take your mind off your troubles, your overthinking, your worrying, your calculating, your scheming, whatever's keeping you awake at night. The stories we tell are just interesting enough to get yourself out of your head, but as it goes along, it'll get just boring enough that you can drift off into dreamland. If this is your first time here, all, all I ask is you give, it, you give it a shot. If you have any trouble sleeping, get in bed after you've brushed your teeth and all that, turn out your lights, pull up your covers, and press play on this podcast. Give it a couple times and see if it works for you. Older episodes are on iTunes or at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, it's uh, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Dearest Scooter, at Dearest Scooter. That's D-E-A-R-E-S-T Scooters. S-C-O-O-T-E-R. I can't even spell my own call sign or whatever you want to call that. I also need to ask you guys a favor. Once again, I'm looking to get five more iTunes reviews. So I just need five of you. That's you. You that's listening right now. Pretending I'm not talking directly to you. I am. If you can just take about five minutes of your time and Review and rate us on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. Again, I just need just you and four other people to help, so thank you so much that'll raise our profile and help us reach more people that are struggling to sleep. I think the I think I might have had something else to say, but I can't think of it right now. So thank you so much for listening and and let's fall asleep. We continue on with the story of After the Glass Slipper, the tale of Cinderella, her fairy godmother, Penelope, her stepmother, Agatha, and their friend, Roland, and their adventures after Cinderella became princess. If you want to catch up on her story, you can do it on iTunes. Just look for the Sleep With Me podcast episodes that say After the Glass Slipper in the title or on our website, com slash glass slipper. Things weren't looking too great last time. The Cinderella, fairy godmother, stepmother, Roland, they were all trapped in the wizard's tower. King was trying to burn it down, even though it was made of stone. He wasn't having too much luck, but you know he's up to no good. And sooner or later, he was going to get those, get his vengeance, I guess, on... And the four of them probably take their lives, and they didn't know of a way to escape. But then somehow the fairy godmother got the wand, and they're opening a portal to fairyland to escape from the tower. And that's where we pick up F- shimmering in the, against one of the walls of the uh, wizard's tower is a portal. It's just shimmering. You can't really see anything on the other side of it. Kind of like the gray static of an old fashioned TV, or pre pre digital TV, when there'd be just gray fuzz. You could probably look that up on YouTube. The four of them hold hands, and they take a deep breath, and they step through the portal. And slowly, they emerge on the other side of the portal. And they look behind them, and they can see the dull rectangle of the portal. Most portals I know are 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 ovals, and that's a more or uh circles. And sure, that's a more cinematic thing and more organic. But this portal portal happens to be a rectangle, and maybe fairies are more into geometry than. In science, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying, you know, because I could notice some of you scoffing at the rectangular portal. Looking back, they see the room they left, but it's it's slowly fading. Then they start to look around, and they notice that there's nothing around them. Everything is a shade of gray, just one shade of gray. Not the the 50, 50 shades of popular culture right now they notice they look at each other and they notice that, that it's kind of like dusk like they're all gray too there's no real definition around them and everyone starts to get nervous yeah Roland, Roland, Roland speaks up for um uh, Penelope. uh which way which way are we headed next and what where, 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 where we stay Penelope? which way are we headed next I kind of feel a little bit scared well, um, I'm not quite sure, Roland. I'm. I, usually when I come through the portal in the woods, you know, when I was working with Cinderella, I would go and my day would be over. So I'd create the portal out in the woods and I would go through it. And I would go through the portal, walk through, and next thing I know I'd be in my garden and I'd be looking at my flowers and my plants. Next I would enter my cottage, you know, I'd go down my little flagstones, fix myself an evening tea, have some supper, and then I'd knock off for the night, you know. Maybe do some light reading or go have a neighbor over for a game of uh, Smash the Beetle. That's about it. Uh, You know, my day would be done, I'd just be relaxing and then going off to sleep. Before I worked for Cinderella, like I said, they kind of erase our memories, so I don't quite remember, but I have a feeling that's my routine. So I've never been in this gray zone. It's quite... I... I would say... I need to think about it for a second, because I wouldn't say we should just start walking, because since we can't see where we're going and everything's the same, we could quite easily get lost... Well, um, Penelope, this is Agatha, and we could be lost already because are you sure you're open to Portal to Fairyland and not Greyland or somewhere else? Uh, uh, Oh, dear. My poor, poor Cinderella. Cinderella? Cinderella. They look over at Cinderella, and Cinderella's just kind of, Staring into the mist. Well, it's not mist. Everything's gray, so... She's just staring into the grayness. Cinderella? Cinderella? What are you doing? Oh, I, uh... I'm seeing things. In the gray mist. The grayness. Well, those are just the the bugs that live on your eyeballs. They're floating around. They're called floaters. Oh, Miss, I I thought they were dead, uh, dead worms, the blood worms that carry our blood through our system. You know, like the ones in my arms are, if they're purple, I think they're alive. You know, the blood worms. The ones the leeches kiss. Well, I see, um, I don't know, I can't quite, quite make it out. I wish this was more like a drawing. Strange that we're all, we're all drawn and oh, no way. I see something up there. Penelope, Penelope, come here. Oh, yes, Cinderella, what is it? Oh, look, look over there. It's a, it's a, it looks like a, I, I can't, it's, a, it's, I can almost make out some definition, but I see a path, I believe. Come on, everyone, follow me. I, I'm quite confident. And so they start off down this path at Cinderella. Cinderella thinks she can see. Well, can you Cinderella can you describe me what you see? Well it's a flagstone covered path. There's a it looks like a, a stone wall on our right beyond that field. And can it can anyone oh, oh I think I do recognize where we are, Cinderella. We're on the outskirts of Ferriton. The capital of Fairyland, I believe this is the country road, but I can't I can only see gray. I don't know what you're seeing, but, okay, well, just follow me. Come on, oh, there's something that looks like a cow, but it has scales. That's strange. Oh, that's a crabapple, Cinderella, that's a crabapple. We raise our children on crabapple milk of us that are allowed to have children, Cinderella. I'm going to follow you Penelope. I'm quite curious. You've never, uh, bobble milk, and you've never really talked about uh. Much about being a fairy to us and the, the rules and the laws, and this crobabble milk's the first thing I've heard about fairies. Oh, Agatha, you with your questions. Could could we talk about this later? Okay, girls. Uh, and Roland. We're at a crossroads now, and I can't—I can't make out the words on the sign, but it's a—it's a, it's a Y, so we could either go to the left or the right. And what do you guys think, Penelope? Any—any any gut reaction? Hmm. Well, uh, that's a good question. Are you sure you see a crossroads, Cinderella? Because yes, I'm quite sure, Penelope. It's a crossroads, and there's a sign. And it's split in a Y. We're coming... We're up the... You know, it's at we're at a Y intersection, they call it, I believe. I'm no... Roadsmith. Well, Cinderella, I'm... I'm quite unnerved about this because... You see, in Fairyland... Crossroads... Don't exist. We don't have crossroads in, in Fairyland. There are... There is what one road a fairy travels... With each step. And I can't remember the rest of the poem, but it's like... There's one but one road, the fairy travels with each step further towards... I can't remember, but I know there's no crossroads. Oh, wait. I think I'm hearing something.
1: Left,
0: come left, don't go
1: right.
0: Well, one of us is going to need to choose, Penelope, so you don't... Agatha, do you have a... Hmm, Cinderella, I'm not sure. If She says there's no crossroads. You're going to have to close your eyes and and trust your gut. Okay, well, let's go left, okay? Everyone follow me. So they go left. I mean, to me, I'm watching this whole thing unfold. I still just see gray. But as soon as they go left, and they walk about ten paces... And I guess 10 paces is what it takes all of them. Roland's at the back. They're all on this leftward path. And then things start to become more defined. And first there's just a couple lines, like, marking the side of the path. And then there's a... Then a path starts to appear. And then trees. And then color slowly fades in. Everyone kind of gets more and more excited. Oh, oh, I think uh, I see the path. No, Cinderella, I can see... Oh yes I see Cinderella chose wisely Cinderella um yes I, th- I think we're, we're in good shape okay well follow me and then they notice that they start walking faster because they're excited and they see something in the distance so they pick up their pace a bit and the next thing they know they go up a hill and the paths become more and more defined and but then they get to the t- they're headed to the top of the hill they can't see what's beyond the hill. They're running to the crest hill and Penelope's, I'm sure we'll be able to see Farrington when we get to the top of the hill. Oh, I can't wait. I love good views. Oh, And they're running. And Cinderella breaks into a sprint. And she goes over the hill. And then right behind her is Agatha. And she goes over the hill. And Agatha seems like as she crests it, she tries to stop. She's like waving her hands like she's falling. Doesn't look like she's falling off a cliff or anything. Don't worry, folks. I'm not going to throw them off a cliff. But she trying to with them down like he plows into her back, and then Roland runs up behind them. And then as Roland gets over the top, they we always see that the path goes right into, drops right into, a path kind of ends in midair, and they drop off the path into like a cell on wheels, kind of like a Fisher Price, like you'd see in the circus, like like a cage on wheels that you might keep a lion in. And they all fall into that. And there's nice straw bedding, so they, they manage not to fall on each other. And as soon as the four of them fall into it, everything turns gray again. And then the cart, the salon wheels, whatever you want to call it, starts moving. It starts moving faster and faster. The gray starts going by. And you can't tell, but it's streaking by because they're moving so fast. But they can feel it bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. Everyone's in the cage holding on to each other. Holding onto the bars for dear life. Terribly afraid. And then the, cra- the cage shoots into a tunnel. And the tunnel's gray, but it clearly is like a gray stone tunnel, and they're flying through the tunnel, it's still blurry, but they know they can feel the dampness of the air and the bumps in the road. and they exit the tunnel, exits the tunnel in this huge, huge vaulted room, like a giant dome, almost like you'd imagine a an ancient subterranean medieval subway station, just a giant vaulted stone room the cage rolls to the center of the room, where they can see it's surrounded by it. It's like, a ro- it's like in the center of an amphitheater. When ro- the room's empty. And for a second, everyone just holds on to each other and waits and waits, looks around. Suddenly, Penelope looks around rapidly, and she goes, Oh, dear, This uh, this isn't good. This, this, this can't be good. Uh, why's that, Miss Penelope? Why, why's that? Uh, wh- what's uh? What's the matter? Well, uh, hmm. This is familiar, I believe. This is the uh, Fairy Hall of Justice, where justice is served. What do you mean? It's the uh, Hall of Justice, Penelope. Yeah, it's like a. Uh, wh- what do you mean? Well, um. This is where they have the trials for uh, fairies in poor standing, usually. So I'm sure you guys have nothing to worry about. Uh, Cinderella, what what are you looking at? Cinderella, 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 are you with us, or are you still seeing things after after you walked us into this moving cage? Well, Stepmother Penelope Roland does seem we're captured. And if we're in the Hall of Justice, one can assume that, unfortunately, we're their prisoners, and, at the very least, Penelope's going to have to face some sort of... Silence, you. Well, who said that? Who said that? Anybody? In the cage, all of you, silent. This is merely the voice... Of the Hall of Justice. You will all stand trial today for trespassing in fairyland, greeting a portal illegally. Hold on, folks. I got one second. I'm looking up. other the judges? Illegal use of fairy magic. Breaking your fairy vows. Changing your fairy name to Penelope. Impersonating a fairy. Triggering fairy volcano attacks. Not carrying out your mission with... Not carrying out your mission with promptness. So, we will have trials for Cinderella, for manipulating fairy magic, Agatha for impersonating a fairy, illegal use of fairy magic, illegal trespassing. There's plenty of charges, don't worry. We will be charging you with plenty more things, and your trial will begin in five, four... "'Oh, say, excuse me, voice, uh, you didn't betcha I'm Roland. uh "'You didn't have to uh, mention my name.' "'Ah, uh, Mr. Roland, you will. "'You, unfortunately, Mr. Rowland. Mm-hmm. Uh, "'Let's see here. "'You've kind of been dragged along, as far as we could tell, "'on this whole thing. "'So you're not, technically, you're not charged with anything but trespassing?' But whatever the punishment is, you'll probably have to, uh... Yeah, you'll suffer the same punishment as the rest of the civilians. Two, one... Trial begin. When the cage falls away, and then suddenly all around them are fairies of all shapes and sizes, which kind of look like humans, just like the fairy godmother. They're all, um... Like, normally, outside of this trial, they'd seem like pleasant-faced people, like people that you see on the street that seem harm not harmless, but comfortable with themselves, pleased, and in harmony with the world, quite possibly. Uh, people that might actually be happy, uh, or they could be on lithium or some other drug, but or in the state of, the state called bliss. But yeah today they're bloodthirsty so they look like happy people that have been wronged and they're everywhere and they're jeering and charging and throwing thing and Penel- penelope like looking around oh, oh they've called everyone back it seems and it's not often we have a trial i've never there's never been a trial in my lifetime usually there's just a sentence there's usually not a trial so oh dear um well well okay and then like a uh, Platform rises up with it. It's like very, not that different than our court. You know, there's a judge that his podium rises out of the rocks, and next to him's a stenographer, except she just uses her wand to, uh, instead of a um steno pad or a whatever the the key. The key thing is just a couple bailiffs and they start rough handling everybody. And then there's a uh, a table with the prosecution, who look a bit like happy lawyers, if you've ever run across a happy lawyer. But today they got their game faces on, and they don't have um, public defenders in Fairyland. You always defend yourself. There's no you don't have a lawyer. So suddenly a table pops up in front of them and chairs and. They sit down, first Penelope, then Cinderella, then Agatha, then Roland. And they're on the right side. The prosecution's on the left. They're facing the judge. Crowd's all around them on these stone risers, you know, just like an amphitheater. And that's our court. That's our courtroom in this giant domed facility. Very Terry Gilliam-esque, I'd say. You know, let's just get straight to the trial. So the judge goes, duff, duff, duff. order in the court, order in the court, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury, which includes all the fairies of Ferryton and the greater lands of Fairyland. Order in the court, order in the court, ladies and gentlemen, of the prosecution. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, all guests are part of the jury. We're going to start the trial with the most serious charges against one. Cinderella, please rise and step towards myself, the Honorable Judge Camtas. Cinderella, you are charged with trespassing... Illegal use of a flying volcano. How do you choose to plead? Oh, what? I mean, I get that we're kind of trespassing because we're here. But usually trespassing indicates some kind of intent. And we're just here because we had no other choice. So I was hoping we could work that out without this trial thing. Could we just talk? Uh, no, we're talking now. And I do not understand this volcano thing. The volcano appeared in the sky, wiped out my husband, soon-to-be ex-husband, the king's army, almost killed us, and yet it averted war, threw him into a fit of mad rage, and then flew away. So I did not have anything to do with the volcano. And to my knowledge, no one else did either. And she kind of looks over and Penelope and Agatha are kind of giving each other looks. Usually isn't this the part of the story where you people like look at Roland or Agatha, or maybe even myself, and you you know, realize that one of us like strikes a bears a striking resemblance to your like long lost god and then you have a celebration. You put one of us on a chair, a throne chair, and carry us around. And then there's all sorts of confusion. And maybe you, you put us on trial then, but then the newfound god gets angry at you. Uh, no, that is not the case. And, um, regarding your explanation of volcano, that's insufficient. I was hoping to be uh, maintain a more polite demeanor in this court. be your actual... Oh, dear, your actual technical charge is apocalyptic whoring. Now, we know that you used sexual favors to trigger. Cinderella, we've been watching you a long time. We know you're not an idiot. We know of your intelligence and your cunning. We know that you worked with this Agatha person who schooled you. "'in hard knocks, and we've watched you work with Penelope. "'We know you wanted the king's army gone. "'We know you wanted to avert war, and you got what you wished "'as you slept with the king and threw caution to the wind. "'You knew it would launch an appropriate response, "'and the volcano was what we considered appropriate at the time. "'And hence you are facing the most serious charge "'among non-fairies of apocalyptic whoring.' Because it could cause, you know, apocalyptic results. I, I mean, what if a volcano veered off course, Cinderella? Let's say someone, you know, we don't, we're us fairies, we don't know everything. And we merely send it out because we're told. Cinderella kind of gets a look on her face like she's about to cry. And she looks at Penelope and Agatha and they kind of look like frozen. And Cinderella does, she like, I, I just don't know, to, I did not... What's the penalty for apocalyptic whoring? Okay, because I didn't do it. Oh, Cinderella, the uh, penalty is death. As are most of the other charges you all are facing. Are you guys sure you want to do this? I mean, I have to get back to my people... The king cannot be trusted with them. And we have to figure out a plan to deal with that. I, I can't deal All of a sudden, at the end of the table... I'm going to make a sound. Okay. Excuse me, Cinderella. All of a sudden, Roland stands up. He cleared his throat. That was him clearing his throat, not me. Rowan stands up. Cinderella, why don't you have a seat? Honorable Judge Castam. It's a a Castam. Yes, Honor, Your Honor. Honorable Judge Castam. Esteemed prosecutors, lovely stenographer and bailiffs, gathered jury and Honorable citizens of Ferryton, the greater lands of Fairyland, I am Roland Boxta. And I'm here to represent and speak on behalf of the Queen, Cinderella, Agatha, and Penelope. And to speak on these charges you speak of and we'll go with the the more proper sounding. Illegal use of volcano. For my land, if you were to call the queen an apocalypse whore, you'd be beheaded on the spot. No trial, sir. I'd draw my blade and cut your head out myself. Now, meanwhile, while, while Roland gets up, he it's like he's slipped into some sort of trance. You know, Penelope, Cinderella, and Agatha are just staring on. And bafflement and wonder now your honor members of the jury you speak of illegal use of volcanoes as if they had an apocalyptic impact on Ferryton itself now by my calculations this volcano was never on a impact course with Ferryton is that true your honor Well, yes, but, uh, the law does not allow for... Okay, okay, Your Honor. Your, your, your law is what you speak of. For I already said if we were going by my law, you'd be gone. You'd be a goner, Your Honor. And I might have to behead each and every one of you. But, just because the law says I shall, and I may, does not mean I will. Now, Your Honor... Prosecutors, let's talk about the facts of this case. The facts are Cinderella, the fairy godmother, and Agatha have been existing and living their lives outside of Ferryton. Is that correct? Have been well, I guess Penelope has been. Cinderella and Agatha have existed purely outside of Ferryton. Is that correct? Well, it's correct. Your honor, objection from uh, the prosecution. Oh, we have an objection, Mr. Rowland. Um, yeah, yeah, I just object. Well, oh, uh, Your Honor, you, you overrule that. Now, at some point, in the middle of planning the fairy Sadie Hawkins dance, Miss Penelope was sent to intervene in the life of Cinderella. Is that correct? Well, that's uh, classified, sir. So I cannot uh, reveal that to you. I'm sorry. Okay, well, uh, how about, hm classified, eh? What makes it classified, sir? Classified by whom? Um, Ah. Uh, it's just classified according to this, uh, this paper I have. See? See here? Here, yeah, I'll get into it. Here. look great. It says Cinderella, case 445776, signed, let me see. Classified. Okay. And how are you supposed to interpret the law, without the complete information, Your Honor? Well, you see, that's the way things are done here. Uh, we don't we don't have many lawbreakers, so we don't have many needs for uh, what is this nonsense, young man? Because I'm losing, Your Honor. Jury, prosecution. When we cross through into the fair universe, we enter a vast zone of grayness where everything was a shade of gray. It almost felt like we were were lost and very unfamiliar and disorienting. Ah, yes, that is the great gray zone that protects Ferryton from invaders. You were only allowed in because we allowed you through the gray zone, so most invaders would be lost there. Well, Your Honor, what would you say if I just took my magical powers... And went into the gray zone and colorized it. But colorized it, what do you mean? Well, I just took some painting techniques and painted it to look like real life. It would look close to real life. You know, I'd paint over the grays in colors of my choosing. But uh, well, that's not the way we intended We intended it to be a Gervais gray zone. Uh, uh, how are we going to get lost in uh, colorization? right? Uh, this is nonsense. Oh, is it? Oh, so it's nonsense to you that I just come from out of town. And paint one of your lands and just change it to my liking. Well, yes, uh, you yeah, oh, just some kind of me- me- metaphor, eh? It, it is. You just send off a soldier to intervene in this young woman's life. Well, I should say the results, uh, uh initially were quite good. She was, uh, going to be queen. And, uh, uh we, we don't. And why, why? Why did you intervene in this woman's life? Oh, because we were supposed to. We fairies, we can do what needs to be done. We do what needs to be done. It's not a... It's not a grand life. In fact, we don't have many memories. We do what needs to be done, and then our day is done. Part of the fairy, uh... Fairy instructional code. We do what needs to be done. Every fairy does... Does... I, I... You know, my memory's fogged because... And... You know, I just... I do my job. My job today is to prosecute this trial and have you all put to death. And I can't say that I feel great, but I can say that it's what's but it's a... okay, okay, let's slow down, slow down, your honor. Honorable Castan. Now you say you, you you don't always you just do what needs to be done. You can't tell me why. Can you tell me how? Well, that's uh, classified again. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you see people in Fairytown are kind of looking at each other in the audience. Even the prosecution—they—they they don't know where Roland's going. Even—I mean—I'm not quite sh- uh, sure I understand it, but you know. But they also are like—you know—these questions really don't get raised in Fairytown. Well, um, well, well, sir. If you're going to forget it, and we're going to be put to death, then it won't, and you know the answer. Oh, correct, correct, correct. I, I went there this morning. Went where? Well, uh, it's supposed to be classified. He looks over at the prosecution, they kind of shrug. We'll, we'll be put to death, or... Your Honor, if, if we're not put to death, how how could you risk taking lives of... Like, you just killed those soldiers because they were, well, the volcano killed the soldiers. Volcanoes kill soldiers, not people, not fairies. So, uh, yeah, volcano did that. So you'd be willing to take the lives of people just on rules alone without knowing the whole, without us knowing the whole story. Well, I, I, well, okay, okay, okay. Back up one second. What I'm about to share with you is not unknown to people outside of Ferryton. Non-fairies normally don't disclose this information because it's just unheard of. So if it's unheard of, it can't be good. And if we're not allowed, it can't be good. Well, sir, I'm just, your honor, I'm just curious how things work. And who, who's behind all this is the, is the greater question. Well that, that's the forbidden question. You can't you we can't ask that question. We do what needs to be done, and that is the fairy way. Now as to how I know this will be controversial, but you, you fine young man, you have convinced me that this needs to be spoken aloud. Each morning a fairy wake awakes in the, the cottage And we do have some time to either enjoy some tea, some biscuits. Some of us like to talk to bunnies or birds or sit in the garden. Some of us join each other and have tea together or play a game. Go for walks, all sorts of lovely things, you know. We have quite, fairies we have quite leisurely morning before we call Half-dawn midday. Quarter-day, we call it. I think you might call it quarter-day, maybe. I don't know. Quarter-day the day, laps, laps. we go to work. Okay. Now, if you're already on assignment, you know your assignment. You go off through your portal, and you deal with your assignment. It might be as simple as, well, let's use a bunny. Oh, a bunny has fallen... "'And it can't get up. You just simply help the bunny up, and it goes along. "'Might be as complex as helping a woman become princess, "'and then keeping her from getting impregnated. "'By a man by all accounts, I could say is a bad man. "'We fairies, we try to do no harm. "'But we must follow what we're told. "'Now, if a fairy has no assignment, and they go to work,' You find your legs just walking along. And you walk along, and you'll reach a glade, or a patch in the woods, or a spot near a lake. And then suddenly, the earth will shake a little bit. And then the earth in the court starts to shake. <laughs> and then the ground will tremble even further the actual surface of the ground. And then some of the stones, right in the center, right in front of the judge, stones start to bounce, just a a circle of stones starts to bounce. We go, and suddenly out of the ground comes, and then out of the ground comes the well of work. And then a well comes up. A pretty pretty standard-looking well, but it's... it's, it must have be, well, if it was a normal well, it'd be powered by a, a great spring because there's water right up to the surface of the, the well, which is about, you know, it's like one of those stone wells, about waist high, circular stone, stone well, circular stone well. Yeah, well really, the stone well, you say. Oh, you know, the well of work. I would have expected something more melodious, like the well of. "'Wondrous work. "'Well, it's quite nice, but no, it's just a well of work, because we go there. "'You look in the well. "'A scene starts to play out on the water, "'and then you find yourself immersed in the scene, "'and your assignment is transferred to you. "'So this well here, this is the well of work?' "'Why, I suppose it is, uh—' Well, yes, it looks quite like the well of work. Uh, uh Yeah, I, I suppose it is. And why do you suppose, Your Honor, it just appeared here? If I was... What, would, what, would, you know, what, what do you suppose would happen if I looked in the well of work? Well, I don't quite know, young man. Why don't you go? Okay, I'll look. So Roland walks over and he looks over the surface of the well. He sees dark swirling gray mist, and then an evil face laughing, Ah, ha ha, 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 what are you raised in a barn, ha, 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 ha. Ron says, that's strange, uh, I did, I did see, I saw something in there, well, what, what, what did you see, young man, well, it's confidential, sir, but I can tell you it's bad, it was a bad man I saw, well, that's, I guess that's it, yeah, I saw a bad man in there. Well, it could just be imagination, then. Well, Your Honor, I have a couple more questions about this well of woe. All of a sudden, you hear, like, a sound of arrows, just... And some arrows fly down, like, from the ceiling. I mean, they materialize through the ceiling. Fly down, and they hit three random fairies in the uh, head that that are uh, watching from the jury. And they dropped dead. Everybody's like r- r- what the heck? What was that? Oh, uh, well that was strange. Um suppose it was someone's assignment and they were just carrying it out or maybe they didn't care. That's never happened before, but kind of maybe it's like that volcano. Uh bit unsettling. That probably isn't good, but let's go on with this trial, okay? Can you get to your point? I'm I'm we'll we'll probably need to have the fairy council have to beat here. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Rowland. What would you suppose if I said, Mr. Sagatha, come here? Oh, yes, Roland. What can I help you with? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, prosecution, this well controls your lives, it seems. I, I was never aware, you know, in our world, our lives are assigned by something different than a well. Our parents... It's called our role, our societal role. For I, I was a, a milkmaid's son. And since I couldn't be a milkmaid myself because our cows were slaughtered, and the great cow-killing, fever, I was enlisted. I became an enlisted man. I joined the, the army, so I changed my role. But still, as told, I'm not of royal blood. I cannot... All I could be as a soldier. And I rose up, and I had the honor of being assigned to the princess's guard, the head of the princess's guard. And at the time, there was no princess and no prospects for one. So it was kind of a, a bummer. And then suddenly, a wondrous beauty became a princess. And I had the honor of... Well, again, the princess's guard is kind of a term. I just sit at the gate, and if someone's there to see the princess... I pass him on to the king's guard and I say, "Oh, well, this man's cleared to see the princess. This woman's cleared to see the princess, uh Oh, so you're kind of like a, a gate gatekeeper-ish gate watchman. Yeah, more or less, okay? But sometimes people like Cinderella, they break their role. She would have just been a a cinder girl destined to take abuse by her Horrible, at the time, stepmother. So why, Who? who's behind all this? Is there some great fairy god you pray to that enables you to, like, what, what, what would happen if, if you didn't complete your assignment? Well, you'd be punished, and your mind would be erased, and then you'd start a new assignment, probably. Or you'd be killed, and you wouldn't know it because you'd be dead. And your assignment will be killed out. Your assignment will be done. The well sees it. I mean, we saw it. We knew, and we all got an alert from the well. well. Wells were popping up everywhere and telling us that Cinderella was sleeping You know, we saw her sleeping with the prince. All right, all right, all right. Your Honor, members of the journey, this is... Jury, this is ridiculous. What if someone... Less than benevolent is behind all this. Well, that would mean our lives are why why don't fairies have the right to choose to do what needs to be done within I just don't I don't like any of this. But I accept it. And we were doing what we needed to be done. If we were following the fairy code, we needed to rescue Cinderella from the prince. Obviously, you are supposed to help Cinderella for a reason that's confidential or unknown. But we know that Cinderella is a good woman. She would be a good queen if she could rule a fair queen, an honorable queen. And we know that she's pure of heart, and and her intentions are for the greater good. So we did what we needed to do to continue to keep her safe. And that included trespassing, or sexual apocalypse that was just apocalypse of my heart um you know abuse of fairy magic whatever else you want to do Chew- chewing on fairy fairy want magic wands what you chewed on them relax 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 okay so yeah we're none of us are perfect here your honor and also no uh, what, Roland's trying to think of his next point. Like five spears come through and spear five more fairies. This has got the uh, jet. oh dear, this is not good. Uh, we must, maybe we're missing our assignments by this trial. Is that what? what's uh, I'm going to need to look in the you know, I have one more question and then I will rest my case. Has anyone ever looked in the the well and said no to their assignment. Ah, not that I know of, no. Has anyone ever drank from the well? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Drinking from the well is is forbidden as asking the question that may not be asked. Drinking from the well would would give you I presume I would give you not, I don't, would give you forbidden knowledge and you'd instantly self-destruct. Well, there's Agatha here. Agatha, you, you, you would you mind self-destructing if necessary to save Cinderella? Oh, Roland, I've lived a, such a terrible life, and I've been such a burden to Cinderella. That no, I guess, I—I do not mind. Well, I'm just going to take this glass here that I'm pulling out of my pocket, this glass jar. I'm going to dip it in the well, and I'm going to give it to Agatha to drink. And then, uh, and as he's dipping the water in the well, a couple rocks come through and materialize, and boom, they land on the jury, smash like ten more fairies, boom, another one, boom, another one, three, all right, I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to wrap the truck, okay, 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 go ahead and, Agatha, drink from the well, no, no, this is gonna, Agatha drinks the water, nothing happens, Agatha drinks some water, nothing happens. Agatha say, well, now I have the knowledge of the well. All of a sudden, a fireball comes through. (laughs) Blows up. And uh, Agatha looks in the well. She says, oh my goodness, this this is going to need to be a mistrial, your honor. It looks like the king's forces are gathered at the portal. And there's some sort of evil wizard with him, and they're launching fireballs and arrows and cannons into the portal. They seem poised to destroy all of Ferryton. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, dear. You, you, you didn't you didn't close the portal behind you, Penelope. Well, I wasn't the last one through. Who was the last one through, Roland? Was that you? Oh, dear, Miss O. Oh, uh, oh uh, uh, yes, Your Honour. Your Honourable Taskam, Castam. Ah, uh, hmm. Oh, dear. Oh, no, I did leave the door open. Oh, oh bother. All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury of prosecution, I need in the honor of an unprecedented attack of Ferriton, I need to call this a mistrial. Your honor, your honor, honor <clears throat> Your Honor. This is Cinderella speaking. It is our fault the uh, gate is open and we will help you deal with this situation. So we will do our best. Oh my goodness, Cinderella's looking in as she says, it was Another fireball This one comes straight out of the well Goes into the ceiling Explodes It was like a a magic missile type spell Out of the wizard's fingers Fireball, wizard I don't know Spell And the ceiling starts to cave in Everyone's like Run for your lives And the arrows are flying And it's like the king's army Or what's left of it Is just shooting stuff Straight into the portal And they run for their lives Screaming and shouting and crying to escape out of the courthouse. And that's where we're going to stop tonight. Fairytown under attack. A mistrial. And a whole lot of... A uh, whole lot of chattering that episode, but... Yeah, Fairytown's under attack by the king. Some sort of evil wizard that we haven't run into before. And his... National Guard or something. So we'll be back soon. We'll be back Tuesday night with another episode of After the Glass Slipper. Good evening. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We help you to sleep with a bedtime story. A little something to take your mind off of any chronic worrying, overthinking, racing thoughts ignoring partners, personal worries, work worries, whatever's keeping you up at night. Our story's going to distract you from that, but as it goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more boring. And soon, you're going to drift off into sleep. Since it's your first time here, all I can say is give it a shot. See if it works for you. Give it a couple nights, get in bed, pull up the covers, and press play. If you have any feedback, like it doesn't work for you, You hate the tone of my voice? Other stuff? Let me know. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or on Twitter at dearest scooter on Twitter. Did I already say you can find older episodes on iTunes or at our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com? If you can do me a huge favor this week, the first week of March, I'm trying to get five new iTunes reviews. So that means if just one of you just take two minutes and press pause and head over to the iTunes podcast app or iTunes on your computer and re- review and rate us. I'd really appreciate it. It'll raise our profile and spread the word. And if you do, let me know so I can say thanks. I'm going to thank you ahead of time. And I'm going to thank the rest of you for listening. And I'm here to help you sleep. Tonight we have a, another episode of After the Glass Slipper. The story of Cinderella, her stepmother Agatha, her fairy godmother Penelope, and the head of the princess guard Roland, and their adventures after Cinderella became princess. If this is your first time hearing this story and you want to catch up, just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper. Or you can find older episodes on iTunes. At Slip With Me Podcast on iTunes, you just look for the ones titled "After the Glass Slipper." When we last left off. Roland had just turned into some Perry Mason type character and attempted to save Cinderella, the fairy godmother, and stepmother from tri- from a trial that was certain to end in death. And just as he reached the head- the peak of the trial. It seemed that Fairyton, Fairyland, was under attack by Cinderella's former, well, I guess legally her husband, and a evil wizard and and some armed forces, and they were firing. Unfortunately, Roland or Cinderella or Penelope or Agatha they forgot to close the portal to Fairyland behind them. Rookie Air, go ahead and close that portal first, okay, folks. So they forgot to do that and. They left the fairy door open, the door to Fairyland open, and now fairyton is under attack. So let's pick up and see what's going on after the glass slipper. So as we pick up tonight's story, with Fairyton in danger, the Fairy Council's been called, and Cinderella, Agatha, and Penelope and Roland have agreed. that They're like, we'll do whatever we can to help. And so they all gather around, in the uh, council chambers, the fairy council of 13 members. And they decide they, decide they need to get a, a close-up view, so they go to the the edge of the portal. So they go to this, to this spot in Ferryton where they, they go on the edge of the gray area where they can see back into the portal. They can no longer close it now that someone on the other side is throwing stuff through it. But they go to the edge, and they see this old wizard... Robes, gray robes and gray hair. Much meaner looking version of Gandalf. Kind of like, remember that wizard or that Mickey Mouse work? I'm not allowed to even say the word Mickey Mouse on here. I don't know. But, you know, Mickey Mouse look worked for in Fantasia. Look, kind of looks like that guy, but a, even scarier, a little bit scarier. Maybe because he's like 20 years younger than that. And the wizard's standing there with the king. You can see the wizard senses their presence. Gives the elbow the king and the king. People of Fairyland, this is the king. And since this portal is in my kingdom I consider you my subjects and I call on you to all surrender or be destroyed. The Fairy Council kind of looks at each other. Yeah, Cinderella looks at the Fairy Council. She says uh, you know, can I say something about it? Oh for some reason no, this is a one way portal only works with communication from the other side. You know, it's not really supposed to be left open and we have you know, us fair- we fairies, we mostly speak through our actions. People of Fairyton, you have until dawn tomorrow, our time. I'm not sure how time works over there in fair- Fairyland, but my wizard will weaken you at that point. At dawn tomorrow, we'll launch an assault on Fairyton, weaken you, and then take the rest of you captive that survived the uh, wizard's attack. So you know, I suggest tomorrow morning you all... Uh, you know, we could be, you could be my loyal subjects, be quite nice, uh, and we're also expecting, we have four fugitives we believe are uh, loose in fairyland. If you have them, return them to us. And we will, uh, what will we do again? He looks over the wizard and, uh, spare their lives. And we'll spare most of your lives. Okay? Alright, good day. And then the king walks off and they kind of let the portal the gray area disappear and they're in the fairy council chambers and Cinderella, what are you going to do what what are we going to how are you going to stop them well we wouldn't have needed to cinderella if you guys had closed the uh, portal like most people do i don't know if you just walk into your oh i forgot you live in a castle you have someone that closed the doors for you well i didn't before But yeah, I would be quite mad at my sisters. They would always come in and and leave the door open and then dust and leaves would come in and I'd have to clean. Oh, I get your point. Well, it's no worry. We, uh, here at the Fairy Council, we don't, we don't, we fairies, we don't believe in half measures. So we're just going to have to wipe out your town completely. The king, the wizard, won't won't be a problem. We're just going to... You know, launch a strike down, we'll wipe out your town. We shouldn't, no, no no other areas, no other city, state, or or towns, except on the, you know, the edges. Anyone anyone within that kingdom will probably be wiped out and of existence, more or less. No, we'll, we'll, we can't, it'll be confidential. We might send a volcano again. Well, we already did that. And what else have we sent a cheese wall, cheese muck monster we've sent? We'll probably do something different, um... I don't know. And obviously you can't have any apocalyptic sex. Pre-apocalyptic sex, as we've observed, is quite uh, enjoyable, Cinderella. So you might want to go. Well, then you die. Uh, excuse me. Uh, this is Agatha. I'm wondering what, what will become of us. Well, that's a good question. We like you folks. And we'll probably vote on it. But I'm presuming he, this guy, he's one of the fairy council. Politician. I mean, he sounds great, but he's a politician. Looks back at the other fairy council members. I I think we'll vote to uh, have you as guests of fairyland forever. And what will that mean for us uh, exactly? Well, you know, you just sit around, I guess. Since you can't be fairies, you can't take assignments. So mostly you kind of have uh, garden time is what we like to call it. You know, what we do in the mornings and the evenings, yeah. But you'll be able to do that all day. Wow, that sounds quite nice. Cinderella could I have uh, share Cinder my garden with Cinderella? Uh that sounds awful. And will Penelope be going back to work? Oh quite, yes, uh Penelope will give you a little time off to plan that Sadie Hawkins dance. We're all looking forward to that quite a bit. But yeah, we'll uh you guys will just be I guess in your country, in your world, what do they call it when a king steps down? And is alive and lets his son take over. Retired, they call it. I I can't be retired. I'll lose my mind. I can't. uh, Um, I I was wondering, uh, my mom and my mom are still, uh, what will become of them? They're back there. Well, 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 Mr. Roland, uh, I'm afraid to tell you they'll be gone. And you have two moms. Well, my mom, my mom, and then my dog, I call my dog mom easy, you know mom like mom i'm coming my mom knows i'm coming come on mom mom no then the dog comes so what do you mean they gonna be gone and and cinderella here Uh, i i can't you're gonna destroy all my people there are plenty of innocent people to be killed with this this is just not acceptable i guess uh, what, what 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 do you think well, you, you did say something about King stepping down, and that gives me an idea with Roland's with Roland's legal. Roland, what happened with all that legal? It gave me an idea, but what was you almost changed person? Oh, yes, um, you know, my mom, my mother mom. Yeah, my mom, she liked to uh, tell me stories with the cows. She said it helped their milk, and it quieted me down, calmed me down. So, She would tell me stories of uh, Larry, the legal ladybug, Larry the ladybug, Larry the ladybug lawyer. And it turns out, according to mom, the ladybug kingdom has a system they call it, the legal system there. It's kind of like your courts here, and uh, it's exactly like it. According to the stories, Larry was a ladybug lawyer. According to each story, mom would tell me. Larry would, uh, have a case. And there just happened to be this one case I remember Mom told me a few times. Mom said, uh, it was, uh, Larry the Ladybug Lawyer in the Case of the Missing Free Will. And it just it so happens it was just similar to what we had here. So I just pretended I was Larry the Legal Ladybug. That's it. Okay, Roland. What I'm thinking, folks. What we have, I believe, is a Return of the King type situation. Roland, do you think you could pretend you're this lawyer, Larry the Ladybug, for a bit longer? Just pretend he's a king? Oh, you mean like in, uh, Larry the Ladybug Lawyer in the Case of the Missing King, when he, uh, he pretends to be king, and he visits another kingdom looking for a missing king? Somewhat, kind of, Roland. In this story, Larry the Ladybug, lawyer, pretends he's a king. That's returning to a land that has a king that's lower than him. Larry the Ladybug in the story is actually a royal king. And he's come back to claim his kingdom from an usurper, or, or usurper of the throne, who, whose father was a lower lord. Not as high a lord as you found out your father. Oh, okay, so Larry the Ladybug is the king of kings, kind of. Whoa, whoa, whoa Roland, not the king of kings. That's a dangerous term. But, yes, he's' you're a higher lord than Cinderella's husband, oh, so I could have him beheaded and um and steal his wife if I wish quite right, right, the Larry the ladybug lawyer who you're portraying can I could do that, yes, all right, so here's what I'm thinking, and we'll call you King Larry, Lord Larry of Ladyburg, Lord Larry of Ladyburg, and you will have us as prisoners myself. Cinderella and Penelope. Oh, no, no, Penelope. Hmm, I will confuse things. Oh, yes, you could be, uh... We'll change Penelope, you'll be, uh... Hmm. Yeah, you'll return with us as prisoners. Myself, Cinderella, and Penelope, you can be... The king's mother. All right. Okay, uh, what's that mean? We'll go back. Fairies, just give us a day. We'll go back and we'll fix everything, okay? We'll close the portal. You don't need to destroy and wipe out our town and our townspeople and Roland's two mums, the spoken narrative history of Larry the Ladybug Lawyer. I mean, that would be terrible. So we'll go back and we're going to fix everything. Don't you guys worry. And with that... They uh, asked they had the fairies open another portal. They had the fairies open a portal just outside of town, and the fairies used their power to change some mice and rats and stuff into horses and soldiers. and the king King Ro- King Larry of Ladyburg, rode forth with his prisoners back to town. He reached the castle and he rode at the head dressed in splendid attire, king-like attire, or lord-like attire, cause he's a lord. He said, "'Throw open your gates!' And then the, the town's guard said, "'Who goes there?' "'Who goes there, you dare ask I? "'Lord Larry of Ladyburg, who goes there? "'Who closes his gates? "'I come to claim what is my father's "'and my father's forefathers. "'Who runs this town. Well, sir, the, uh, uh, what's the king's name? Do you know the king's name Larry Bob? The, uh, king, he, uh, his father was a lower lord. Remember, uh, during the, uh, what this? does this have anything to do with the purging of the kings? Because that's when I was escorted from town by my mom to protect me so I could lay claim to my father's throne if he, since he was a higher middle lord. If the killing had stopped there, but they killed all the way to the lower lords. Oh, yes, sir, uh, they killed all the way down to the lowest lord, and he was hiding in a cave. And then he became king, because he was the only lord left. Oh, I want to speak with this king. Well, he's, he's dead, he was different, you know, thrown out a window. And, uh, his son's king now, he's not that great a king, to be honest, he's lower lords. I mean, I'm all for, uh... Upward mobility of soldiers and such, but these lower lords, they're not a. Uh, he's a. Uh, yes, sir. He's. He. uh I say, open the gates. I will rest my soldiers on the outskirts of town. My escorts. I bring a gift for your former king, or soon to be former king, as he'll serve under me soon. Open the gates. I have three prisoners. Three. Are oh, you, yes, sir? Yes, sir. Lord Larry. So they open the gates and they trot into town and they get into the town square it's a uh, Roland or Lord Larry of Ladyburg Agatha Penelope Cinderella Agatha Penelope and Cinderella and he just goes in straight up and they and goes, they go they go into the town center and he waits and then the king comes with the wizard king comes with the wizard and some of the soldiers, the king and the wizard and the soldiers show up. And Roland goes to step off so as he almost falls, he says, Are you the, uh, king, supposed king of this town? Yes, sir, my name is King, oh, no, 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 you're a, uh, you're a son of the lower lord, right? Uh, yes, sir, uh, yes, sir, I w- I'm king, and this is my wiz- new wizard, Pyle? Ah, yes, aha uh-huh. I am the Wizard Pyle. Who are you? I am Lord Larry of Ladyburg. Proper. Claim it to this throne, for my father was a middle high lord, not a lower lord. He was in the highest house of lords. His blood? Near. Blood. He was quite a high lord. The Ladyburgs, we have always been quite high on the chain of lords. If you go and look in the books of history, you will see so. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my father purged all the books of history as he became king, rightful king after the purge. Well, I'm rightful king now. I'm afraid to give you the bad news, son. Lower Lord, son of the lower Lord is what I'll call you. You'll call me king! Or my wizard will strike you down. Oh, how dare you! You'll not strike down Lord Larry of Ladyburg. Now you, Wizard Pyle, I ask you to step out of town, where my soldiers wait. And you can go free, or you could serve me as the new king, but I bring prisoners three. That you, I heard, were looking for. Ah, yes, I ask Wizard Pyle. What, what, where, where, where's Lady Bird? I've never heard of it in all my travels of the world. You need not worry about the wizard. For wizards don't rule, they serve kings. Ah, uh, yes, they serve kings, the king. Well, uh, why don't you, you know, you should have a banquet for me, even if I'm a proper claimant to the throne, but we could work through all this. But you need to have a proper banquet for me before you have, you can't just have your wit, you're threatening me with your wizard and such. So I have my prisoners. Why don't you show me to the guest lord's castle? I I, I assume you have one. It's right over there, I believe. And, uh, you know, we can work this all out. We, um, I happen to have some books of history with me, so I can show you my claim to the throne. For my father sent me away in safety to be, uh, to be safe from lower lords usurping thrones. And so, uh, why don't we, uh, take my prisoners? You know, you, I know you were looking for them. I, uh, have a treaty with the uh, fairies so we could close up that fairy portal and be done with all this whole mess. Well, look, look, uh, this is the king speaking to you, Lord Larry of Ladyburg. I I don't know why you sound so familiar, so I'm a bit intimidated. A handmaiden, I think, once told me tales of her. Did you build your money on... Oh, whatever, I remember hearing about the Larry Ladybird something from one of my one of my milk mothers or something, but oh, all right, you will be our guest for but we will not close the port to the fair fairyland. The fairies do not surrender to me. we will destroy them, and my wizard will take your prisoners. Oh no, 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 your wizard won't take any of my prisoners well, in fact, one of them, the prisoners is my wife, former wife, Cinderella. As Lord Ladyburg, I'd like to present an adjournment from our arguing. I will take Cinderella, my guest, and uh, my prisoner, and her assistant, my mother, and your wizard here can take my, this witch, former witch of yours, right? Lord Ladyburg, it is I. Lord Ladyburg, I was once the witch of this kingdom and I am a fairy so I should pay for the sins of the fairy maybe I could talk some sense into them and and work with this wizard as his prisoner to come to some sort of understanding or talk the fairies into surrendering if that is all this powerful wizard pile so why don't I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice myself as his prisoner if you find that my former king I did serve you with pride as Mistress Agatha, though I've lost that, and I shamed myself in your honor, King. Would that be good? You, Lord Lady Bird could take Cinderella and his mother, and I will go with your wizard for the night. All right, all right, as King, let it be done. Pyle, how's that sound? Sounds excellent, my King. I will take this fairy witch with me. So they split up, and Roland rolls back to uh, the guest house, or the guest castle, I guess they call it, whatever they call it. They go back there. He goes back there with Cinderella and Penelope, and they have to trust that Agatha's going to work everything out. So Agatha gets escorted by a couple guards back to the wizard's tower. Wizard has her hands bound, and he has her placed in a chair right in front of the portal to Fer Ferryton, Fairyland. Fa- Fairyton, Fairyland portal to fairyland Fairytown. she sits there while stares into the gray and sees the fairies kind of planning out they have one of those like war boards like you see in the war movies where they're moving pieces about like volcanoes and boulders and comets trying to see what's going to be the quickest thing to destroy the town She's kind of watching, and then Pyle comes in. Ah, Mr. Sagatha, you see your people about to suffer. They panic, trying to plan as I watch. But their plans will be foiled. And I've been gone from this area a long time. And I know your, you people, you fairies, have been mucking about here with my plans. For who do you think... This Lord Larry is. He's nothing to me. He'll be put to death tonight. As will Cinderella. As will his mother. It'd be a shame. I, I guess I'll have to kill Cinderella, because you, you spoke to the king. You're mucking about keeping him from giving birth. I already expected to return to that dolt being king and a son that I could raise as my own. For it is my dream to lord over now. For I have had many a dream to, to run this land, to speak into the ear of a king who could rule. For I have had many dreams and I would raise this son to be king in secret while as this, as this young man would be raised to be king by the, ki- by the king and the queen, this young prince, as this young prince would be raised, raised to be king, I would be raising him in secret to do my bidding to expand a great empire where I would rule in the background whispering in the ear of the king. And while now you've mucked about and delayed my plans, I've quite... Pleased with it because now I can rule over your land as well with this portal. And I've always found you fairies. You call yourself, guy. Oh, I'm your godmother and I'm your godfather. I've watched you quite a bit over the years. Studied you. And I've always wondered what it is about you. There's some secret I've been unable to lock. I know you do what needs to be done. you always on these little missions.' trying to keep Cinderella from giving birth to the king's son. The latest. But I've seen you, you know, helping ugly ducklings find new homes, or bringing rain to parched deserts. A lot of soothing, crying people. I know you do a lot of that. Appearances at funerals. Weddings that are not, you know, I know you showed up at a few, I've seen you, Deal at weddings with cold feet, as they say. I know you're always about when babies are born. But I, I don't understand why. It's something I've always wondered, like, you you always want to have captured you and, and tortured some of you. and You always say, well, we do what needs to be done, and that is all. Take my life, or, or whatever. Sometimes you have they've escaped, and sometimes I've been attacked by a mysterious... Dairy monsters, or and such, but never gotten to the bottom of you people. Why do you do I do what needs to be done? And you, Agatha, I see in your face—you don't have the soft features of most fairies. You're much—you're quite, un, you know, not unpleasant to look at. You have a a handsomeness about you, but it's like a—you're like a. A rock face, yes, one of those rocks that's taken too many tumbles down the hill, but you still have something. I, but you're nothing like a fairy. A fairy's like a a mud ball, and you're like a rock. Well, yeah. you must be high up among them, and so you'll answer my questions, or you'll see your people slowly die off one by one, painfully and slowly dying off in pain and slowness. Until they surrender, I see them planning to strike back, but what they don't know... Can't. What they don't know will hurt them, because I have a stole from a wizard quite a long time ago. A little something I like to call the Mirror of Reflection. And if you place it in front of a portal like that, Whatever is done will come back at you. Do you understand what I mean? Do you have anything to say, your people will destroy themselves. And I'll, I'm going to tell them about the mirror because it's kind of like a deterrent. I'd rather rule over your fairies and have you do what needs to be done for me. Think about how easy it would be for me to rule. With these kings, I plan on telling them what to do. I just need to know why. So, how many of you people need to die before you tell me, Agatha? I know you people have no ambition. So you might not be able to understand what I'm talking about. Hmm. Wizard Pile, that's your name. Well, Wizard Pile. Yes, I might have a face unlike any fairy you've ever seen. I might not have the pleasant round eyes and the smile and the glow. I might seem cold to you for that is I was born with a curse. I was a child of half fairy and half human. Well, I didn't know. uh, I've always been curious how fairies procreate and why is this the the only time I've heard of a of a, a breed between... I didn't know fairies and humans could intermix such such. Well, that's why I'm cursed. For as the work of a witch, she cursed my mother and a fairy that had crossed her to have a child. And I was born to this world, this cruel world, with one foot in each world, and it was cruel to be in that world. So I was born to the fairy world, I was born a half-fairy, half-human, and cursed to be both for the worst qualities. For I was a fairy, I had to do what needed to be done. But I knew there could have been more. I didn't want to just simply do what needed to be done. But yet I had no choice. I knew, like you, what it'd be like to be in control, to tell someone what to do, to make someone pay. For their pretty little face oh I'm so pretty to make them suffer and yes I knew the curse of both things for that knowledge of thinking I had, could have power over other people brought me nothing but misery thinking I could take something from those pretty faces make it my own did me nothing what what is what is this you're going about, which I I ask you a question? I don't care about your family lineage or your suffering. Soon your suffering will be put to an end. But why do they do what they do? If they tortured you so you could serve me. Just show me Show me, tell me, just tell me why it is you do what you do. Maybe I will spare you and your friends. Ah, Wizard Pa you so wise. See, my mind would not be wiped as the other fairies were. And so I will show you. You see, untie me, and I will show you what is in my pocket. Oh, I don't trust you, witch. I don't trust a fairy witch, whatever, uh, a half-fairy, half-human. Okay, well, in my pocket is a jar of water, simply poured on the floor of the tower. Well, is the essence of what we as fairies call it is, it, it is the water of the well of we, serve servant alright alright so he pulls out the water from her pocket that actually is from the well he pours it in the center of the room and he's on guard and actually it, it like creates a well and a well rises up and the wizard steps back he's about 10 feet back and uh, he said, what, what is this thing? That is the well all of us ser- fairies serve at. It's the well of what needs to be done. The well of work. It's where we see our next assignment. What needs to be done. So if you were to look in there, Wizard pile, you would probably see what you need to do next. Either destroy Fairyland, destroy me, or capture me. Ah, yes, as oh, so you want me to look in the well. I could see in your stony, cruel face a hint of evil, much like my mirror. I see myself in you, the darkness about your eyes. So I know your game. So why don't you stand up with your hands bound and look in the well yourself and tell me what you see? Because I don't trust you. You. It must be because of your human side you're so repulsive to me. Oh, repulsive. That is a cruel, cruel word, wizard Pyle. Such a long word for a man that doesn't have any royal blood who could never be king himself. You could only whisper in the ears as the king. But yes, I'll just look in the well and tell you what I see. And you'll see my face isn't burned off by the water or a creature isn't going to reach out and grab me. And I'll tell you exactly what I see. Agatha walks up to the well and she looks over. And she falls silent. A tear goes to her eye and then she turns away from the well. A pile. Oh, what did you see, witch? What did you see? Um. I did not expect that. It turns out what needs to be done. I saw you throwing me down the well. All of a sudden, the well shakes, and the water drains from it, and it comes like one of those bottomless wells that just seems endless. Pile, so I guess I my sacrifice is to be destroyed at your hands. Oh yes, I'm sure that's what you like. Lo- you yeah, yeah. pile walks up to the well and looks down. He sees it, throws a pebble down falls and it falls and this like it's evaporated with some sort of magical power. And he says, oh, so you saw me throw you down that well. Do you not think I was not read any tales as a young wizard? You think I went to wizard school? You think my mind is not as crafty as yours? You want me to just throw you down that well? huh? And then you're going to... Turn into some kind of eagle and come up and claw my eyes out or something. I sense the power within this well. I'm going to cast myself in. Pile jumps in. And then Agatha throws, he goes ah. Agatha throws ha 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 ha. ha, ha. You fool. Didn't you ever re- hear the story of Larry the Ladybug Lawyer? In the case of the briar rabbit or something. I don't know, you fool. Then she just, <laughs> She's just laughing. <laughs> Thinks he can best me. Now I have this mirror. I have the wizard I'll let everybody out. Scumbag trying to mess with me. Call me... Stone fate, and all of a sudden, uh, I see all the ends of comes from the well. Uh, I see all that needs to be done. Now I guess it's kind of like, hmm, I thought you'd just be, you know, evaporated. She's thinking, and all of a sudden, the portal. From fairyland starts to crack, but not like it's being destroyed. Like it's just becoming actual reality. It cracks and it falls away. The illusion. It just becomes a, a open tunnel. The things start to crack, and then the earth shakes more. I have the power now of all fairyland. And then I like, "Oh shit!" And then. I'm going to destroy you all. And then all of a sudden, like, reality starts to crack the portal. The tunnel starts to expand, and then, like, pieces of reality start falling out. And then you can see Fairyland on the other side. He's like, I'll destroy you all. And then, like, green fire starts shooting out of the top of the well. Well. Ah, and then fff, Agatha's left shoulder gets hit with, like, one of these green fire pieces fff, sizzling. Fff. She can feel herself, you know, getting sizzled up. And then she remembers that the mirror's there, and she grabs the mirror, boom, puts it on top of the well. Fff, and then all of a sudden, you know, all hell breaks. Like, fff, 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 type of stuff, you know. Everything's shaking, reality's vibrating, the air's vibrating. Sorry if you're sleeping, trying to sleep through this, but... And the well's gone. It's dead silence, Agatha's just like, oh shit, it's gone. She's listening, nothing's happening. Agatha's like, okay. I think everything's okay. Then she's kind of looking through, and she's like, okay, well, the world's kind of like a mosaic now. Like, part of it's the real world. Part of it's you can see into fairyland. She kind of reaches out and touches some stuff. And she goes, okay, okay, there's some real, you know, just like touching a desk and touching a candle. Okay, that's there. Then she touches the empty spots in the mosaic where you can see fairyland. And she notices they're kind of like water. I'm just like, oh, maybe this is something resolved the Well, and then she looks through and she sees a couple of fairies being chased by like some sort of liquid milk monster, and he he grabs one of the fairies and eats it. And then she looks in another corner, and she sees the floating volcano and shooting lava at some of the fairies. And then she feels the tower, her tower shaking, the wizard's tower. She's like, oh my god, oh my gosh. She looks out the window. She looks out the window and the muck monster's on there. He's got his arms around the tower and he's shaking it, shaking it, shaking it, and she looks and she sees monsters everywhere in Fairyland and in and in reality, chasing people around. And she's like I gotta get I gotta find it. so she goes to race out of the tower. And we're gonna leave it at that, I think, tonight, because it seems like maybe the wizard pile got destroyed. But some sort of reality, short-circuited, or not reality, but something broke. And clearly some of the monsters have been released from the well of work. Or some kind of fairy. Some, we got some crossover problems here, folks, with reality. And we're going to have to uh, find out what they're going to do next week. How are they going to deal with this situation? And so, we're going to leave it at that. And we'll be back. Not next, Not this week. We'll be back Thursday night. All right, thanks for listening. Good evening. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We help you to sleep with a bedtime story. A little something to take your mind off of any chronic worrying, overthinking, racing thoughts, snoring partners, personal worries, work worries, whatever's keeping you up at night. Our is going to distract you from that. But as it goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more boring. And soon, you're going to drift off into sleep. So this is your first time here, all I can say is give it a shot. See if it works for you. Give it a couple nights. Get in bed. Pull up the covers. And press play. If you have any feedback, like it doesn't work for you, you hate the tone of my voice, other stuff, let me know. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or on Twitter, at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. Did I already say you can find older episodes on iTunes or at our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. And if you can do me a huge favor this week, the first week of March, I'm trying to get five new iTunes reviews. One of you is listening new, you. If you just, before you go to sleep, just take two minutes to press pause and head over to the iTunes podcast app or iTunes on your computer and re- review and rate us. I'd really appreciate it. It'll raise our profile and spread the word. And if you do, let me know so I can say thanks. And I'm going to thank the rest of you for listening. And I'm here to help you sleep. Tonight we have a another episode of After the Glass Slipper, the story of Cinderella, her stepmother, Agatha, her fairy godmother, Penelope, and the head of the princess guard, Roland, and their adventures after Cinderella became princess. If this is your first time hearing this story and you want to catch up, just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper, or you can find older episodes on iTunes. At of Me Podcast on iTunes. And just look for the ones titled After the Glass Slipper. Alright, folks. When we last left off, our heroes were in a state of flux. Cinderella, Penelope, and Roland, a.k.a. Lord Larry of Ladyburg and his mum were a lot... They were all prisoners of the king. And... Agatha had volunteered to be taken captive by this wizard Pyle. And he was grilling her, and she was pretending to be half fairy and half human. Which I still don't know if she was telling the truth or lying. Pretty sure she was lying, but I'm not 100% sure. She's a crafty one. And then she talked him into throwing himself down the well. Dummy. Then he tried to escape or something, and she threw the Mirror of Reflection the powerful mirror of reflection on the well and it created some sort of time space fuck up because everything started shaking and vanishing and the worlds between the, like the two parallel universes the fairy universe and the human universe Cinderella's universe at some point whatever was keeping those things parallel but on the on i don't know i we're going to have to call eric Mi- michael dyson i think is his name the brilliant Guy of the age, he's one of the brilliant minds of our age, (laughs) unlike me. Uh, so dude's like the next, he's, he's like smarter than Stephen Hawking and hell of charming. I was listening, I just caught him on the tail end of, uh, Fresh Air, I think. But anyway, I'm way off track here. So the shit's hitting the fan, the fairy universe and the, Human universe seem to be colliding. I guess they already have a portal between the two of them, but it seems everything seems to be breaking apart into like these mosaic tiles. All these monsters have been released and they're running rampant and eating fairies, eating humans in both universes. And that's where we left off. So we're in a moment of Zen here, and now we're not anymore because we're back. Agatha's inner tower—it's being shaken on the outside by the Muck Monster. And she's trying to figure out what, what, what could have gone wrong. I mean, she came up with this plan to get rid of the wizard pile, hopefully at the same time destroy the well of work that seemed to be unfairly controlling the lives of the fairies. But something about the wizard pile splashing down into the powerful magic of the well of work and then the power trying to escape and then being reflected back down by the mirror of reflection Caused some sort of rift in the time-space continuum, as Doc Brown would say. Which I should have said in my introduction. But it's too late now, man. Whatever, I'm rifting the time-space continuum right now. And back to the story. So Agatha's standing there like, oh dear. like, And the only thing she can think of is that she needs to get down underground and figure out what the hell's going on, like she needs to get to the bottom of this well, but the well itself is kind of like imploded to back up two seconds oh well, to back up when she had left fairyland she uh she um what do you call it she uh lifted a uh, a wand for herself and she'd strapped it on the inside of her thigh in case a wizard pile searched her, and if her wife was really in danger, she was going to go to this fairy wand. So she busts out the fairy wand, taps herself on the head, turns herself into a worm, like a powerful worm. At this point, not a giant worm, just a powerful, not an earthworm, you know, some other, a a heavily, I don't know my worms, okay, just a hell of a worm. And this worm dives down, and as she tunnels, she's getting bigger, and she's tunneling into the earth, tunneling into the earth, running right down this well. Tunnel and tunnel and tunnel and boom! boom. She gets through the um, heliosphere or the Earth's crust. She she runs from the Earth's crust and she hits some straight up mantle. And she's down in the Earth's mantle. She realizes like that she doesn't. This is ancient times, so she doesn't have a um, one of those watches when you go underwater, where it could tell you which way's up. So she's disoriented. I mean, she's in this Earth's mantle. Temperatures picking up. Luckily, because she's become this massive worm, like a worm you might see in a movie like Dune or a story like Dune or, you know, same similar worm in Beetlejuice. So that that type of worm, badass, maybe even Tremors. I think we had a kick ass worm Man, you know, they don't make a side, but what happened to the worm movies? Is that all in the 80s that the worm movies had their heyday? Like I said, Tremors was a worm movie. Well, maybe it wasn't. How about that cast? Kevin Bacon and Fred. Oh, good God, Fred, forgive me. One of the great actors. He played Ramo Williams. Well, uh, I'm going to have to cut that out because that's embarrassing. So she's this giant worm, and she's tunneling down, and now she's lost. So she pauses. She doesn't have to worry about pressure because she's got her giant worm you know, that she's got ten hearts and different sorts of valves and pressure systems and thick-ass skin. So, she's down there. She finally gets down to a level where there's some, uh, they refer to as mole men. You know, part human, part mole. These are, like, kind of squat. Um, humanoids, I think they're called. and the, uh, <laughs> This is a polite term for them. Humanoids. They're kind of like, uh, Creepy looking. Not Gollum. These guys look more healthy than Gollum because they're in the mantle. I think Gollum is just in the, uh, the um, what do you call it, the crust. So these are mantle moles, is what I call them when I hang. You know, I roll down there every once in a while. But anyway, that's an aside thing. They're different nowadays. They, uh, that's what I, okay, yeah. Whew, back up. You know, I'm not on the influence of anything either here. So she goes out to his mantle moles. She sees them, and she's making. She first she's trying to just nod at them, and they're like, "What?" And luckily, mantle moles and worms they have a hands-off, you know, laissez-faire type relationship. So the mole people they're not using the worms for anything, and the worms aren't eating the mole people. So finally, she's uh, she uh, she finds out you know, she finds a little meeting room that the moles have, and she changes to back to a uh, human. Back to Agatha, she's like, Oh, you know, I'm trying to find the bottom of this well, the well of work. And the moles are kind of like, and looking at her like, Lady, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, if there were subtitles, they'd be making fun of the way she looks, that she's kind of mean looking, kind of mean looking and scary. Um, So they're just like (laughs) discussing. And, you know, they talk in those tones because they're deep down. They need to, like, penetrate rock. So most of their stuff is below, you know, human tonal scale. So she tries to mime out a well and power and everything, and the moles just nods. So she's like, darn it. So she just goes again. And instead of going down, she looks up and she can see what what she thinks is down, and she's going to go uh, vertic- vertical, perpendicular. Yeah, I guess it's perpendicular. I don't know. She starts going vertical. Now, meanwhile, up on the surface, I know you're asking, like, dude, it's great. I love hearing about the Earth's crust and the mantle. And tell me when we get to the core and the liquid core. Or we have a solid iron core. Again, let's save those for the scientists. But, yeah, I know you guys are waiting with bated breath to hear about the next, you know, stage of the mesosphere or whatever. Um, But, yeah, there's stuff going on on the surface. Now, all these monsters are running around, and Cinderella and Penelope and Roland are kind of just watching. And, I mean, this is just the same time Agatha's diving, so they're just trying to figure out what to do next. Their castle's getting attacked by giant rabbits with their big teeth, and they're eating the rocks trying to get into the castle. And then they hear a pounding at the door, pounding at the door, their door, boom, 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 boom. And you hear the king, he's like, Lord Larry of Ladyburg, open up! I demand your counsel! And the king, you know, they open the door, and the king, you know, this guy, this king, the Lord Lord King, he's totally changed his tune now. He's like, Lord Larry of Ladyburg, you came at the perfect moment for our kingdom is in crisis. I don't know if it was the wizard Pyle or the witch Agatha, mistress, former mistress Agatha, but all. Everything's going awry. There's fairies and monsters, and people are. We we need your soldiers, Lord Larry. We need your help. And uh, Roland's caught. Roland's caught a little bit off guard. He's not expecting to bring his A game. said, okay,
1: uh,
0: uh well, yeah. and Penelope I was Lord Larry, Larry the Ladybug. oh, uh, oh yes. Uh, so what's the problem again? Well, there's a. I don't know the earth. Everything's cracking and the air's got holes in it and fairies are coming through the holes and the bigger holes, monsters are coming through and fairies are running back and they're eating people and there's lava and giant scorpions and all sorts of crap. It's terrible, Lord, Larry, you and your soldiers need to save us, please. Oh, okay, um, hmm. So, yeah, monsters, you say. Okay, well, ah, uh, we in Ladyburg don't have monsters, so, uh, this reminds me of uh, hmm, the time I think it was uh, Lord Larry in the case, the Druid Circle. Oh, but those are Mole Men. Um, I, 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 Lord Larry, please, please, I will give you turnover kingship as soon as this crisis is over. I put the. I just need your counsel as a wise man, and we need to work together to preserve everything. Please, Lord Larry, please your help. I call on you for protection. Please. I uh, Could you call back to Ladyboy? I can get some more soul, So, please. Uh, uh. The king throws himself at Roland's feet, and Cinderella is just tapping her foot, shaking her head. She's like, disgusting. You disgust me. You're supposed to be king. Your people are out there getting eaten by basilisks and hoodoos, schnoz wagglers, you know. I don't even, Laplanders are out there even. And you're just sitting here crying. You know what? You just stay in here and Lord Larry, with Lord Larry, and maybe he'll protect you. And Penelope, let's go. We need to save some lives. So Cinderella and Penelope roll out of the guest castle. And Roland draws, you're not without me. You, I will protect you, Cinderella, from any Laplanders. What's a Laplander, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you can stay here, Mr. Uh, King. So they roll out the three of them and Cinderella just takes stock. She's so composed. I mean, I guess if you, if they had dictionaries, they don't have printing press, but if they did and then they decided to print a dictionary, I don't know, there'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of complications at this point, but if I was printing a dictionary and then me and Doc Brown roll back to drop it off. Cinderella would be next to composed in the dictionary there. So she's all composed. She's looking around. At the, I mean, you know, like, um, Apocalypse Now, uh, Robert Duvall's character, stuff's just exploding around her. She's looking, at, I mean, she doesn't have the thrill of battle of him. She's so calm. When she's looking at things, like, okay. She starts noting the cracks in the, in the fabric of, our existence she actually reaches out and one of the there's like a looks like a piece of broken glass about the size of your hand and kind of the shape of your hand but you know jagged and right through that piece of glass you'd normally be able to see you know 10 feet in front of you but in that little squarish area is she can see straight through to fairyland she sees fairies getting eaten by a um, vermiceous canid and yeah, the, the, they had vicious, vicious Knits back then, kids. Sorry. And she just reaches out and grabs it and she takes it and it's almost like a, a piece of glass. Like She can move it where she wants. She can stick it into another piece of the sky and it stays. And she she kind of looks through it. She sticks her finger through it. She looks at it. And then she points to Roland, go give me another one. And then he brings it over and she puts the two together. They're obviously from two different spots in fairyland, but they do kind of fuse together, but then they break apart. And she's like, Hmm. And she says, uh, you know, she sees people running around being chased by monsters. So, okay. Okay. Roland, we need to gather all the townspeople, all the fairies we can get a hold of Penelope. And we need to gather all these pieces of broken time, space, fabric, whatever's going on here. Obviously, Something went wrong with pile, and something, something horrible's going on, and I can't be sure of what's going on, but we, the three of us, need to stay calm. We need to collect all these things and figure it out and see if we can put this thing back together. You guys remember that case of Humpty Dumpty, right? It's going to be just like that. Humpty Dumpty in the case of the broken egg man. That was Lord Larry the Ladybug. He, oh, no, he didn't fix him, but he held the... Uh, Wallmaker accountable, I believe. But anyway, okay, so we'll gather him. Hmm. Let me think here. Penelope, do you have your wand? Yes, Cinderella. Penelope? I I need you. You need me to go to battle, don't you, Cinderella? And I have been waiting for this moment. Ever Ever since I laid eyes on you, Cinderella, I've wanted to protect you, but I haven't had that choice. I've tried in some ways. But now... With all this hell that's breaking loose, I feel my need to do what needs to be done replaced by doing what I feel I want to do, which is protect you. So I'm going to take this wand, and I'm going to take that (laughs) laplander, shoots lightning out this laplander, and it knocks the lapping, the giant, it's got this like, what are those sharks, those fish called with the giant teeth? Thing and it's chopping people's heads off, but she fries that thing like a fried fish because it looks like one of those fish. Like I said, you know the one with the thing on the front of it with the spikes. So she fries that thing, and then she's, "Hey, you fairies, you come with me!" And they start chasing down monsters, and uh, they can't they don't can't kill them, but they're shooting them with stuff and and trying to disable their weaponry which is kind of tough if it's a natural creature. But, like, for example, real quick, they just froze the mud monster, and he's frozen. So, okay. Meanwhile, Cinderella's running around. People, people, please come with me. Please, please, everyone follow me. Oh, it's the queen, the queen. Queen, I will protect you. And then, so Cinderella's got these people. She's sending them out, and everyone's, you know, listening to her. She's like, please, everyone, you lend a hand, lend a hand for... The, wi- "'The fairies will protect us, and we must gather these pieces of glass, "'these pieces, these strange mirrors, into another land, Bring them to me.'" So people are running all over, grabbing these mosaic pieces. So, so say, Cinderella's got everybody gathering up the pieces of the mosaic, and Penelope's trying to explain all the other fairies that are on both sides. She's calling through the little holes. "'You're free to use your magic as you wish.'" So the fairies are busting out their magic and Penelope's like the William Wallace meets the gladiator. You know, if they had a man child together and she was a woman, a petite older woman, actually not petite, uh if she was a uh a charming grandmotherly older woman, but still a badass. So she's you know, directing these different groups of fairies that are now fighting each monster and she's you know. She's like, they can't seem to destroy them. So she's like, we need to corral the monsters to keep them away from the people. So at this point, it's kind of like um, cow prods because they're using like acid out of their wands or electricity. And, shoot, you know, trying to corner all the different monsters and gather them up until someone can come up with a plan. And they're gathering the monsters and some are getting, you know, losing their poor little, uh, their poor fairy lives. Just They've just gotten free will as far as I can tell. And they're choosing, so they're really heroes. I mean, this is save a first speech, right? You're telling me, you know, when I attend the big fairy funeral, but you know that's what they're going to be saying, so I'm just saying I said it first here, you know, when you're at the uh, fairy memorial for the fairies lost in this story, and they're si- you know they're going to be plagiarizing off me anyway, let's the personal- issues aside these they're doing you know they're doing battle. They're saving human lives. They're saving fairy lives. They're gathering these up. Meanwhile, deep in the mantle of the earth. And if I was lazy, I'd look it up on the internet and tell you, oh, she's through to the next level. But basically, things aren't going well for Agatha. I'm not gonna lie to you, because. And if you want to know how it feels, like she keeps back, like you can't, she can't even tell if she's backtracking, or you know, I mean, once you're into this, like middle of the earth. You know, she tries to go where it's hot, and then she takes a wrong turn. If you want to recreate what's going on, and I do suggest this, I used to do this all the time as a kid, and of course the doctor asked me why, the doctor in the wood-paneled room, but what you want to do is uh, get yourself a sleeping bag. Right? Make sure no one's home that's going to report you that you're nuts, and you're going to put the sleeping bag over your head, so that your head is where your feet are. And, okay, I'm not legally liable for anything that happens from this point on. But you're going to pretend you're a giant worm. And you're going to get inside the sleeping bag. Your head's going to be at the top. Not, you know, come on, use some common sense. Don't sn- suffocate and don't smash your head open. You're going to go slow. Don't go in or in the kitchen where the knives can fall on you. But you're going to pretend you're a giant worm. I guarantee you. I mean, I guess I haven't done it since I was a kid. But I used to get lost in my own house. My house wasn't that big, and I would get, and it was just like a really good feeling of being totally disoriented in my own house and everything being unfamiliar. And that's how it kind of. I mean, Agatha's the core of the earth is not Agatha's home. So you got me. But a little experiment, if you want to try that. So things Agatha's just cruising around the earth. She talks to the dudes from the H.G. Wells book. They're kind of like these uh, more alien-looking. In my, in my mind, you know, H.G. Wells or Jules Verne. Don't get on my case, bros, because I'm not sorry. But, you know, they're kind of like more like E.T. when he was sick looking like uh, uncomfortably like somewhere. Their skin tone is between sick E.T. and Gollum, but they look more like E.T. Kind of insect like alien like those guys kind of like they give her a better idea and they kind of are making some signs, like, to look for somebody, another kind of humanoid, but they're indicating he he has some, like, some sort of facial hair. So she's still looking, and she's getting frustrated, and she's sweating. I mean, you wouldn't know worms sweat, but when a mammal's inside a worm, they sweat. So that's what's going on inside the, uh, the Earth's mantle. I mean, we're probably beyond the mantle, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, another quick aside, I used to read this book when I was a little, <laughs> I don't know why I'm all over the place tonight, folks, but I'm trying to help you sleep. I used to read this book when I was little and I will try to put that in show notes, but it was about a boy who started digging, you know, cause once somebody was like, oh, if you dig a hole deep enough, you come out the other side. And so he starts digging with a shovel and the book, um, details like the different things this boy used, you know, the different inventions as he got deeper and deeper into the earth. Until I think he finally got to the core, Earth's core. I don't know. And then he was captured by um, some sort of E.T. alien. And now he's evil. But let's let's just move on. So she's looking around the Earth. Back up on the Earth. Cinderella's there. She's People are bringing her these mosaic pieces. They're throwing them everywhere. She's like on an episode of a reality show. She's just like each hand. I wish she could see my hands. Both my hands are moving. She's grabbing pieces. Trying to put them—it's like a jigsaw puzzle of the fairing universe. She's slapping it. She's "Faster! I need something with green." People are bringing her greens. I need something with a, uh um, something between a magenta and a purple. Hooray. People are running, and she's like, "You, you know, you with the, you know, knobby knees. I need you to put recycle. You know, put that cloud over there." And people are working. I mean, it's like the whole town's working together and meanwhile penelope she's got um a whole perimeter around all the monsters about 14 monsters and she's she's communicated to fairyland so they are, have all their monsters and they're keeping them but you know the fairies are running out the monsters they don't seem to have they seem to have some magical energy and the fairies you know they're human-like so they're, they're used to working i mean from what we know fairies it sounded like they work from probably 10 to 4 they don't even work a full day now i don't know if they get a lunch break or whatever but that seemed like penelope's schedule at least sorry i'm moving my uh, like she would get up hang out in her garden from 8 to 10 go to work come back hang out in her garden go to bed get up but they didn't have free will at least as far as we can tell but so yeah they got the monster's corner soon cinderella's going and like a fever builds like everyone's lending a hand you know the rich the poor the people with no arms that are using their elbows The people with no intelligence they're standing back and like waiting and they're just moving like the pieces that are only one color roland he's just watching cinderella she's doing everything kind of like in the uh, minority report she's moving her fingers are so fast like if she was her and Tom Cruise had like an eye poking out contest. She would have poked his eyes out way faster. She's moving all these things and slowly everything starts to come together and it's like this organic arch into, into fairyland. And meanwhile, the fairies have been fighting the monsters. The monsters have gotten them backed up towards the, uh, towards the people, everybody working on the mosaic and Cinderella's still in the zone, just finishing up these last pieces. And Roland draws, so he's like, what are you doing?! You can't bring these monsters here. What are you doing? Like, we can't. We, this is our only choice. We're back, they're backing us up. Oh. And, the you know, the, they've got just enough power. And Cinderella sees, and the fairies on the other side are starting to lose their battle against the monsters. Cinderella's putting the last piece. She's like, when I call you, you know, you have to run to me, fairies. You have to run away. Push the monsters away and then run. She's like, Penelope, get the monsters into the in there and then run back to me and so you know the fairies inside of fairyland they they kind of wrangle the monsters and penelope and roland get them the rest of the monsters about 16 of them they get them through the uh arch to fairyland just as Cinderella finishes it goes but she's got her hand on one piece she's holding it in place and just shaking like her body starts pulsing she's holding on and but it, it creates the an arch and the monsters pass through it. The fairies run back and the fairies that were in fairyland run away right as the monsters are snapping. And then they get through, last person gets through and the monsters are coming right behind them right, right at the, and Cinderella pulls the one piece she's been holding on to. And, and her hand is like sizzling kind of like the dude in Indy. But this thing is like, it's part of her hand now. Like her hand is, fused with this strange piece of the universe and it's just like one of those stones like it's iridescent a stone and it's different scenes are passing over it and and it's wom 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 and roland's like cinderella my princess my queen what has happened to your hand and she's like it was fine roland Whew. penelope's like how did you know that would work and she's like i had to trust it would work she's like i had to I had to save my people, and I had to save your people, and I had to use my gut. It told me that it would work. For, for a second, I was like, oh, Cinderella, you saved us. And the monsters are banging up against the the portal, but it's just like a piece of glass. So they're smashing their heads and smashing. And slowly, as, as it goes on, the portal starts to gray out a little bit and become more and more gray. And finally, one of the fairies is like, okay, well, when will we be able to go back to our homes, you know, back to fairyland? Cinderella looks at her hand, and she looks at the portal. She's like, never, never, I don't think ever. She's like, I don't know when we would have the power to defeat those monsters and left to their own devices. Who knows what kind of monstrous monsters they can create, and we can't unlock the door, and I'm not sure. I have not possessed the power anymore. She's like, so I'd like to offer you all a home here with my people. Knew the fairies can join our community, and also all of a sudden the guy's like, oh, huh, what? Wait, 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 wait!" And she say, "The fairies are gonna live with us here? No, 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 lady! Oh no! You, you, you might be some queen on some. Uh, you can't have fairies living here with us. They, 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 they're bad. They, they, they're in the dark arts." It's it's gonna make the gods angry. No, oh no, not the fairies! Fairies eat toes. They are toying as they eat children's toes who cannot have fairies. No, oh my babies, my babies! All of a sudden, people start, you know, blah, blah, blah. people start throwing stuff. And then the fairies, you know, the fairies aren't not all of them are passive. So a couple of fairy dudes are like, whoa, 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 dude. You, 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 I ain't eating no toes. You guys, you know, you, you guys, you smell, man. This, I don't want to be. Why, why, we want to go back to our gardens. Gardens suck. You fairy, we saw in there. It's just gardens and flowers and board games. What the heck? You fairies are dull. And Cinderella's like, whew, so everyone, we need to work together. You know, we can find a way to share our land and our our. We were united against a foe, and we def- defeated him. No, people, oh, no, no. Well, yeah, where's the king? What about that Lord Larry? That Lord Larry. Oh, oh, that was just to pretend. I was just pretending. You guys remember Larry the ladybug? Like, uh, you know, remember Larry the ladybug lawyer? I was pretending to be him, but a king, to fool the king. And then all of a sudden you hear silence, and the king steps up, The you know, the king, Cinderella's husband. Strange husband will say, Oh, so you were a false king. So I am the only heir to this throne, the only one that can rightfully wear this crown on his head as I do now. And Cinderella, you went against the wishes of both people. You say you used your judgment, but it seems your selflessness was selfish, for now everyone is unhappy. Ever, ever uh, this king's a jerk too. Well, what are you If only we had a system where you guys could elect someone to rule you, but we don't. So as rightful heir to the throne, I say I will be king, and I will rule over fairies and humans alike with a hand of strong, cruel justice. And then Ron said, What you don't really have an army anymore? But, uh, well, let the people decide. Would you rather live with these fairies as equals or have them service? How about that? Huh? Everybody, people are kind of confused and they're still throwing stuff. They're like, I say, uh, I, and they start getting unruly and everybody starts getting, well, let's take them both and lock them up. And we'll decide. Well, we'll bar them. So they grab some, some grab Cinderella, some grab the king. Some of them grab rolling and people, you know, there's more people than fairies, probably like a six to one ratio. So people start pushing the fairies around. People, fairies start shocking people. And all of a sudden, earth starts shaking. The shaking. All of a sudden, water starts to shoot up. Water shoots up from the earth and shoots like 40 feet in the sky, like some well sprang out of the earth. Not that far from where everyone stand, Everyone goes back and it becomes this giant hole. And then everyone gathers around it. And the water's just flying up. Skirling sc- down. And all of a sudden the water takes a form. Gets arms. Gets a chest. Gets a head. It starts to get a beard. A gray beard. And then it's like... Humans. And... Uh, fairies. It is I. Formerly the wizard pile. And now I am the master of the well. And he does a, and he throws like a waterfall, like a water wave. And it knocks everybody down. ha! I will rule you all. I have all the power. And so Nerole goes to say something. He just sprays a little water spout in her mouth. (coughs) She coughs. (laughs) And anytime time anybody stands up, he just knocks them down. He says, so you all will have me. <sighs> Shoots more water in the sky. It starts raining. He's, ah, ha, And you bring a storm. <laughs> ah, ha, and He's just, ha, ah! you know, he's doing that, ha, ah! And that's, that's where we're going to stop tonight, folks. Things were going good. But then the wizard pile showed up. Well, actually, things weren't going good. Before the Wizard Pile showed up, we had a riot on our hands. I don't know why humans and fairies can't. I think, you know, they'll probably learn to get along. I mean, it seems like the fairies are humans. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, they're much pleasant, much more pleasant and plump, some of them. Pleasantly plump, as a uh, Fairy Godmother is. So let's see, you know. If they, they could get along and live together, maybe Pile could live with them, too. Uh, may, maybe, maybe not though. Probably not. His pile seems pretty bad. Alright, we'll see you Sunday night, folks, for another edition of After the Glass Slipper. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that helps you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story that's made to take your mind off a the racing thoughts and worries and overthinking that a lot of us do when we get in bed. Pesky things like to-do lists, bills, and seeing coworkers, parents, children, anything that's going through your mind. This story is going to take your mind off of that. But as it goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more boring. And soon you're going to find yourself drifting off into sleep. If this is your first time here. Just give it a try. That's all I ask. Now you, you probably if you're listening in your car or you're about to go for a run or something now's probably not the time. Save this podcast for when you get home and get in bed, pull up the covers, shut out your lights and then just start this podcast and see if it works. If you're interested in older episodes, you can find them on iTunes or on our website www.sleepwithmecast. If you have any feedback, you're new, or you've been around for a while, you want to say hi. You say, hey, what happened to uh, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know what, can you not swear so much? That's uh, bothering me. Or, swear more. Whatever. I'll listen. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com is how you get me. Or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter, I want to send out a big thank you to Jackie Marie Boot Bootchkin, I think is the uh, other screen name. Those two are uh, the latest reviewers on iTunes. I also want to say thank you to Rosie Palm and Shutterbug for reviewing me uh, the last couple months. I just want to say thank you. And if you have, go ahead and email me. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com and I'll send you a link to a little uh, guided meditation. A little bonus uh, material that I recorded last month when I was doing those stints of guided meditations. And I can't exactly remember what this one was about, but I can tell you it's odd and strange. And I'm still looking to pick up uh, a couple more reviews for this month. So if you have a chance... You can either just use the stars, or you can write something nice like Jackie Marie and Butchkin. But most of all, thanks for just listening. We have a sacred deal here. I'm trying to help you fall asleep. So, I hope I keep up my end of the bargain. Thanks. I'm happy to introduce... Another episode of After the Glass Slipper. The story of Cinderella, her stepmother, Agatha, her fairy godmother, Penelope, and their friend, Roland, and their adventures after Cinderella became princess. If is your first time listening and you want to catch up on older episodes, they'll be on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you're using, or... At www.dot.sleepwithme hey, yeah www.dot.sleepwithmepodcast.dot.com/slash glass slipper I believe that's called forward slash when we last left off up on the surface world Roland was revealed as not a king in waiting so the king tried to reclaim his rightful font fa- the uh, his right his rightful th- his rightful throne and then bursting out of the earth was the wizard pile with some sort of he was in some sort of water form like some kind of water god deep below the earth we had left agatha in giant worm form and she was working with some et sick pale et aliens well but they're not alien well I don't want to say they're not aliens. They're creatures living somewhere inside of Earth, which you know. Once I once we get the proof of this stuff, well, I guess this isn't our Earth, or is it? Anyway, I'm distracted. Like she's dealing with these creatures that look a bit like ET, insectoid humanoid combo with terribly pale skin. So Agatha was working with these ET to ET types. They were telling her about this pool, giant pool of water that was coming from something strange and they couldn't quite describe to her what the source of the water was, but they said the water was, was not normal water. It, cut, it, was, it came in different colors and changed and seemed to move against, you know, move of its own accord there, pointing in all sorts of directions and that was shooting up all these different holes and. And that it would make noises like, Why you are, why ain't going, ah, the baby, you know, kind of cryptic noises to them. But Agatha was like, okay, this is suspicious. And then she kind of set a baseline. I don't, I don't know if that's a proper use of that vocabulary word, but she was like, Is any other water around here down here behave similarly? No, there's no other water down here that behaves like that's the only one. You know, we try to stay away from it. And so Agatha was thinking to herself, and she, you know, Agatha, this, this is not a hard equation. Now, Agatha's not on the surface. So she doesn't know that Pile and the well of work have seemed to fuse into one creature. But she's thinking, all right, I think I've tracked down the well of work. and I'm going to wipe this thing out. And if I, if Pile happens to be working nearby it, we're down there associated in it, any matter. He's going to be collateral damage. She's pretty, you know, she's in the, somewhere on the mantle. One of the lower mantle, upper mantle. I don't know. I don't got a map. All right. But she's down there. And she's like, oh, well, I'm going to go hit a vein of lava. Or, you know, weaken some lava. Head it over the water and, you know, turn the water into steam or... Uh, you know, she figures she'll get some, she'll get some lava, or she'll drain the water of the lava. She, she's not too worried about it. So she gets pretty good directions. She starts heading that way. And one thing you should know about, um, the difference between, uh, giant worms, sand worms, and uh, tunneling worms like these, or that they're kind of a lot different than earthworms in the fact that Earthworms need moisture to survive, at least in my very elementary knowledge of them, is that they, you know, they're kind of mucousy, slimy, and that's how they like it. And sometimes, you know, they get washed up in a rainstorm, and you got to help them out and get them in some, you know, unless you're a serial killer, come on, like help, or you're like some, uh, I don't know, whatever philosophy, you know, what are you, Adam Smith or something? You're going to just let them do. I don't even know. You're the invisible hand, I, and I'm talking nonsense clearly, just like last week. But you know those kind of worms, earthworms, near earthworms. Let's just call them uh, crust worms, earthworms, I guess. Why, why not? They they need like a mucus, watery now, watery type environment. That's what they thrive in. But these deeper worms, like Agatha's turned into, they're the they're different. They like it dry, because they got to be tunneling through the earth. They're kind of doing a little corkscrew, and they don't really need you know like with their skin, their out exterior skins dry. Just just a note, just just to just so so she's tunneling, tunneling, trying to find this water source. She's listening for it. She kind of find she got a little bit of a worm sense now, so she's following her worm sense. She's trucking along at a good pace through the, through, through this dirt and rock. She's got like, they got, she got these powerful high-speed jaws that as she tunnels, they're like these teeth. I can't describe it to you, but she's tunneling through this rock. It doesn't stand a chance. One of Mother Nature's miracles that may or may, I mean, one of this, yeah, of well, Mother Nature in this? Well, whatever. She's, she's, she's tunneling through the, trucking through this rock and she's, She's starting to get angry. She's like, "I'm gonna mess this wizard pile up in this work." She's like, "Who does this work? What well, well work think it is? You know, what what a jerky well to be bossing around the fairy uh, universe and just making them do stuff." And she's still suspicious that someone's behind it, some some shady type character. And she wants to literally get to the bottom of it. Now, suddenly, she knows she's slowing down a little bit. Like she was moving smooth and she's like, Oh well there's more moisture here. You know, so she's getting a little muddy, the mud's accumulating on her. Okay, I'm getting close to the well, the uh, wherever this water's pooled. So she's like, Alright, let me make a beeline for some hot lava or something. I must be close to this water, so she starts digging. A little bit away from where she thinks it's wet. And it gets it gets wetter. She notices that uh she's really it's really struggling. Because the mud's caking on her. The rocks are caking to her. She's not a slimy worm. She's supposed to be a dry worm, Agatha. So she's going slow, and then she notices the water is almost like beating on her like beads, B E A D S, not beat. Now she's really slow, and and she almost feels like the water's like grabbing into the rocks and the mud and the dirt. And then she hears something in the little worm ears. Uh, Agatha, is I wizard boy? She she, she would, go, would go to turn her head, but since she's a worm, and she's underground, she, she's got can only can't you really can't turn your head. You need to tunnel that. That like, that must be a my, my my imagination. She tries to redouble her efforts to move. She's not going anywhere. Then she notices the water, it seems like it's in her, it's everywhere. Agatha, we have you. Agatha. She notices the water starting to pool below her, along her worm belly. And she's trying to, still trying to move, she can't. Well, it's the wizard pile. You gave me my power, you fool. ah. And she notices, like, she's starting to sink in mud. And she, she says she remembers, like, when she was growing up about um, quicksand and people talking about people contradicting themselves, as people tend to do about quicksand. So people are saying, don't move. Other people are saying, just float. Other people are saying, swim. Other people call for help. Uh, some people are like, you better have sunscreen because you're going to be fine, but you could get sunburned and that could be what do, does you in. And then she's sinking more and more and the next thing she knows, she's falling. She's spinning and then boom, she hits something and she goes, goes out cold. And as she sleeps, she dreams the dreams of worms, of sandworms and Going deep into the desert for spice Snacking on sweet, sweet spice and a blue-eyed devil named Kamala Glockland Riding one of her ancestors And then the joy of being Tormenting lost souls In the, uh Someplace between purgatory And heaven and hell those times and then when she had it out for ranchers out in the country and she ate a few of them just other worm dreams like she you know you dream of being an earthworm and of course she has the nightmare just like we went over of like every earthworm that you caught on sidewalk after a summer rainstorm and either no one helps you you get stepped on Bike I mean, worst case scenario, bike runs over the middle of you while you're drying out and something smooshed the middle of you and you are dried and it's stuck to the sidewalk and then you slowly I don't I don't wanna get into that. It's a terrible nightmare. And then she dreams she's at a like earthworm comedy club and she's trying to think of jokes, but it's a dream, so she's like making a lot of jokes about turtlenecks. And, you know, what's up with you guys with your turtlenecks and striped shirts? Got no necks. I don't know. You know, some jokes that are funny, though. What do you call a worm without a turtleneck? I don't know. What do you? I I mean, yeah. You're asking yourself the same question, right? I'm waiting for the punchline. It's not coming. So that then she she starts to be like, man, am I dreaming? Because this is one lame dream. She comes to and she realizes that, uh, she's still in worm form. She kind of moves around. She's like, okay, I'm in some kind of sand. And and she's like, maybe I should turn myself back into a human. She kind of, she had the like, um, the wand in one of her, her teeth that's not involved in the drilling, but that's involved in like, that's involved in like combing the nutrients that these worms eat off of the rock that keep them alive. Similar to like uh a, a whale's what do you call that thing? Baleen or whatever the frick it is. The basically the uh colander that the in the whale's mouth that catches, you know, stuff and the whale eats it a, a different plankton and zooplankton, phytoplankton. See, I know <laughs> I know more than one plankton. Ectoplankton.
1: Uh,
0: God bless you. Um Harold Ramus, goodbye. That's for you, ectoplankton. That's, I'm sorry, that's probably depressing you if you heard it. So I'll probably just cut that out. Uh, ectoplankton. But yeah, so, you know, whales eat, so her, she has these teeth that kind of comb. It's a little tiny, uh, cilia like teeth because I like to use cilia in this podcast comb the different nutrients off the rocks so she she had her wand in there but now it's gone so she's like okay I'm stuck in the worm so she's kind of enjoying the sand it's nice and soft so she's stretching and itch, itching different itches and she knows she's dried off so she doesn't have to worry about that weird she's like, was that a dream with the you know about pile the wizard and the water was taunting me or is that real I go, oh well, well, I gotta figure out where the heck I am. So she starts to kind of probe around and then she's like, okay, she's kind of getting a sense of this worm sense, which again, it's probably some kind of chambers in her body with like a, a certain liquid that's a certain density and air bubbles and, you know, synapses probably surrounding it, ganglia throwing a couple, uh, Mitochondria, I don't know, but no, probably some kind of air bubble, you know, that tells her like what's up, what's down, you know, what where is there a higher barometric pressure if there's barometric pressure under the earth? I don't know these answers, but she's using that sense and also a little bit of you know worm magic. Say, like, okay, I think the uh I sense, you know, some moisture this way, probably the evil moisture. So she's like, gets, gets ready. Stretches one more time, shakes her tail all the way down to the end. Looks kind of, you know, cute. And then, boom, she goes to truck off. Right as she gives a heave-ho, she gets pulled back. She's like, what the heck? Then she realizes she's got straps attached to her big, because they have these tusks, teeth tusks that she uses to drill. And there's like, um, well, best I can tell you is like harnesses. It's like she's a dog or something. Giant dog. She's harnessed in. It becomes clear to her she's been captured. She tries to break free of her, uh, chains. Can't do it. So she tries to test out. And she can, you know, move around pretty good in this, like, sand, sand pit she's in. And she starts to probe and realizes it's pretty hard rock around her. And the only way to escape would be to rip her drilling teeth out. Her drilling tusks, and then she wouldn't be able to get through this rock. Probably bleed to death. So they got—I mean, whoever's got her pile, she's not sure. So she settles down and she's trying to listen, and she starts to hear a lot of noise. Um, she notices some emotion stirring at one of the noises. It's very low noise for humans; it just doesn't sound much. Like, but she's like man that noise is like it's giving her chills she feels like crying or the worm version of crying since she's pretty much moisture free but she's like huh she gets a sense of like other or best guess Agatha was not full of compassion or empathy. But she's like, oh, I bet you there's some other worm suffering down here. And then she starts to like try to make this... Oh, 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 and she taps her head on the side of some of the rock. And some of the you know, crying stops and she feels a creature tapping. So she's like, "Huh, oh, has got to be some kind of worm... Worm capture area. And then... She senses someone's watching her and she she looks and she sees a... Uh, and you you're gonna ask you' gotta be asking yourself how do worms see especially in this situation because she's tell us she's deep in sand and you're gonna tell us now she's seeing clearly right right because she sees with uh, sonic some sort of sonic vision so you know blame it if you want to blame it on modern the daredevil comic book I think that dude. Never read it, but I'm pretty sure he was getting behind Sonic Vision. This is, you know, made by Mother Nature, so it's much more powerful. She can see everything. Three dimensions, color, in a different way than us. So quit asking your questions. They're good, intelligent questions. Congratulations. But that's how she sees sonically. Or whatever, sonarily. Whatever, I don't know. But anyhow. So she sees... This dude coming at her, and he's uh, looks like a seahorse, like a uh, it's a humanoid seahorse. So she sees him, and he he comes and he taps her on her on her face, her worm hole. You know where the, her different her triangle of worm mouths come together. Ah, you're a feisty one you are. Yeah. You'll make a good one for the arena. So, uh, she's, uh, she's like, "What do we got here? Like some sort of worm gladiator situation?" He's gonna make me into a worm gladiator. Ah, he goes. I sense you can hear me. It was a uh, balakwaka. She says, "What the fuck does balakwaka mean?" And he goes, oh, you, you are not one of the ancients. You must be a young one. You're large for something so young. Ah, I think I've found this special one. You would do just fine. You will wait. We will introduce you soon in the arena. Today. And he swims off. I mean, in swims, I'm using, you know, he swims in sand. He's a sand horse, not a seahorse. If you want to get technical, he's not even a sand horse. He's like a sand horseman. So he swims off, the sand horseman. And she's thinking, great. I'm in some sort of gladiator, probably, situation. I'm going to have to f- kill some other worms and figure out a way to make a break for it. And then she, she goes, like, okay, I'm going to rest. So she starts to rest, and she kind of drifts off and sleep. And next thing she knows, she feels some of the tugging. She feels herself being dragged by her her things to, like, somewhere. And then, boom, she breaks through the surface, and she's surrounded in this arena with tens of thousands of seahorse, well, maybe not tens of thousands, let's say thousands of seahorse, sand horse people, kids mostly, like a lot of kids, a lot of families. And sand horse people seem to be a little bit bigger than nuclear families. So you're looking at, like, two sand horse parents with like eight to 12 sand kids, and they're everywhere they're cheering and she breaks through the surface and then she sees the dude from below and he's got a microphone he's standing on like in front of all the people right at the side of the the amphitheater and she's kind of in like a sand pool and they're all out of the sand sitting in the open air like looking down sample was a and this is translation, but he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I we have a special opportunity here at Sandworld to introduce you to the newest member of our flock, Yankee the Sandworm." And everybody starts cheering, and the just kind of looking, like waiting. You know, am I gonna fight? They're gonna have sandworms fight in front of these two, these all these little kids. And the kids have like pennants and. And sand corn, pop, popped sand corn, and sand cream, iced sand cream. You know, the whole nine yards. Uh, merchandise, property of uh, Sand World Enterprises, LLC. So they're all cheering. And she's like, and "He's like, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a, just the newest member of our five. We just wanted to say hi, but we're going to teach her some new tricks, and we're going to have a whole new show. Next, next season here at Sand World. So everybody say, say hello. Say one more big hello and welcome to Yankee. And everybody cheers again. All of a sudden there's like a boom. And like one of the walls explodes. And then these other sand people come flying through there. And then one guy jumps down knocks the uh, mic out of the, the guy's hand who was speaking. And this guy's like, he's got like a black type ninja suit on with a headband and sunglasses. And the other people, they look like a militia. And they grab it like, they go, well, we're setting this sandworm fray. And there's a couple of people that came in with them. They slash Agatha's Bounds. And they're like, well, this, set, this place steals Sand worms from their sand families. Look at you, sand. What kind of, kind of sand horse men and women are you? You raise your children. You keep them close. You keep them safe. And we just want the same for the sandworms. We will have justice. Sandworm justice. Sandworm justice. Now, most of the people are just staring at this dude because they paid about. The equivalent of 78 U.S. bucks just to get into Sandworld. And I didn't even tell you about the rides, but they suck. It's just mostly shows. All of a sudden their show's getting busted out. They're getting judged. But the guy's got a point, man. Agatha doesn't know the play to the sandworm, but it's not pleasant. I mean, you've seen Dune, Tremors, Beetlejuice. Sandworms have never been treated fairly in our culture, so just think about a culture that has them down deep. Especially like a seahorse uh, type, you know, you know about seahorses, man. They're jerks. So, sand horses mixed with humans? Whew, Judgment City, man. And yeah, they're going to try to dominate everybody. So, these sandworm, um, it's like, you know, Sandworm Liberation Army. I mean, it's not because that's just too obvious, but they got some cool name. Like, uh, they're like, Yankee, let's get you the frickin' frick out of here. And then they blow a hole in, in the bottom of the pool, and it drains out, whoosh, she's free, ish. Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that helps you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story that's made to take your mind off a... Of racing thoughts and worries and overthinking that a lot of us do when we get in bed. Pesky things like to-do lists, bills, insane co-workers, parents, children, anything that's going through your mind. This story's going to take your mind off of that, but as it goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more boring, and soon you're going to find yourself drifting off into sleep. If this is your first time here, just give it a try. That's all I ask. Now, you you probably, if you're listening in your car or you're about to go for a run or something, now's probably not the time. Save this podcast for when you get home and get in bed. Pull up the covers. Shut out your lights. And then just start this podcast and see if it works. If you're interested in older episodes, you can find them on iTunes or on our website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Com. If you have any feedback, you're new, or you've been around for a while, you want to say hi. You say, hey, what happened to uh, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know what, can you not swear so much? That's uh, bothering me. Or, swear more. Whatever. I'll listen. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com is how you get me. Or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter, I want to send out a big thank you to Jackie Marie Bouchkin, Bouchkin I think is the uh, other screen name. Those two are uh, the latest reviewers on iTunes. I also want to say thank you to Rosie Palm and Shutterbug for reviewing me uh, the last couple months. I just want to say thank you, and if you have, go ahead and email me. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com And I'll send you a link to a little uh, guided meditation A little bonus uh, material that I recorded last month When I was doing those stints of guided meditations And I can't exactly remember what this one was about But I can tell you it's odd and strange I'm still looking to pick up uh, a couple more reviews for this month So if you have a chance You can either just use the stars or you can write something nice like Jackie Marie and Buchkin. But most of all, thanks for just listening. We have a sacred deal here. I'm trying to help you fall asleep. So, I hope I keep up my end of the bargain. Thanks. I'm happy to introduce... Another episode of After the Glass Slipper. The story of Cinderella, her stepmother, Agatha, her fairy godmother, Penelope, and their friend, Roland, and their adventures after Cinderella became princess. If if is your first time listening and you want to catch up on older episodes, they'll be on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you're using, or... At www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper. When we last left off, Agatha had been in the worm world. She was worming around. She met some worm. She got trapped in SeaWorld, the sand horse version of SeaWorld, which is strange because it's run by sea, sand horses, where SeaWorld is not run by seahorses. But, uh, you know, let's not get into the, let's not get bogged down on details because that was the last episode. But she were, got with these rebels. She was headed to the surface. God, sand gods forbid what, what is going on in the surface world. So let's get straight into the story and see, you know, what's up? What's going on? And I'll tell you what's going on on the surface. Everybody's trapped. Cinderella, Penelope, Roland. All the people from fairyland. All the fairy people. And all the human people. They're all trapped. Now Pyle has water god. Has them all penned in on these little islands. Surrounded by. Streams of rushing water. So they're all in their little squares of land. On either side. On all four sides of the square. Is rushing water. So just imagine yourself standing. On the ground and then a squares carved out around you, surrounded by a trough of high-speed water, so if you fell in, you'd be rushed somewhere. Apparently this water rushes to some jagged rocks where you'd be smashed. And and this water's rushing like the um, cement troughs. You always hear about drainage basins as a kid that you shouldn't play in for flash flood to, you know, the kid that and it probably really happened, so if it happened, I'm sorry. But where, you know, you're playing and then there's a flash flood and you get swept to your doom. What? So there's no escaping. And everybody's got their own little square. Cinderella, Roland, and Penelope are all in the middle, and the most dangerous. It's just far enough between squares you really couldn't jump. Why would you risk it? You'd just still be trapped anyway. So they're trapped. So Cinderella's just sitting there. And she's going to make a deal She's waiting, stealing her nerves For Pyle And meanwhile Not that far away On a hill Overlooking our fair city You might remember that hill From the cheese smell story Because it overlooks the town Up on that hill In a grove of trees is Agatha And her band of Her merry band of Sand rebels or thieves. I was thinking of Robin and his band of thieves. Are they his merry band of thieves or his band of merry thieves? But it doesn't matter. Agatha and the sand horse, horse rebels are up there. She's spotting and she's thinking, she's crafting. And she says, uh, she Because of Chatty Chatty Bomb Bong. She says, you know, What's the distance on these uh, lava staff guns? You seem to have. Goes, oh, there's good distance on them. She goes, okay. She goes, "Here's what I want you to do is I want you to wait for my signal." She "Okay, okay, signal first, and then first, 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 okay, got it." I got it. We got it. We got it, Yankee. So, okay. Agatha pulls out her wand, taps her forehead, turns into a giant worm, and dives. She dives down deep. She lets out this worm call. At some point, in between when the story last left off and when we got here, which is about end story time, even... took them a few hours to, you know, gather everybody, get some rest. You know, before you go into battle, you want to get some rest and eat to make sure. So they rest and eat, and she learned a couple of worm words. So she's diving, and she's like,
1: And
0: she dives down deep, and then she she starts to, get a gathering of worms going. She started giant worms. And they start gathering around her down deep in the, uh, lower earth crust. We're not in the mantle territory. We've got worms coming from the upper mantle. She she starts to talk to, and she's even getting hold of like regular, like higher intelligence level, uh, crust worms, which we don't. And, um, in our world, to have a lot of interaction with, uh, near mammalian worms, but in this world, in this world, let's, let's not get into it. I'm not a phenology, uh, you know, zi- zoologist, so, uh, I don't even know their phyla. <laughs> uh, so she's like, uh, talking, talking to all worms. You know,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: And So she that's the plan that she explains to him. And she goes ready break All the worms split up. Meanwhile up in the surface. You know, everybody's just sitting around, and, and to be honest, they don't have. Su- you know, I don't even know what they did back then about sunscreen. I mean, I guess that's why the princesses wore those hats with all the scarves and stuff hanging off it, because otherwise you get pretty sunburned, especially if you're sitting on a piece of, um, not just a square of land surrounded by rushing water. <clears throat> and I don't know, you know, what evil wizards' tolerance for sunburned captives are. Now, luckily, back then, I guess they had more ozone or something, so sunburn's not that big. You know, there's a little bit of cloud cover, let's say. So meanwhile, everybody's sitting around, and then it's weird, like, the humidity starts to pick up a little bit. The temperature starts to rise a little more. It starts to get misty. Everybody's like, it's like you're standing too close to a humidifier. And then they notice, like, it starts to get... Real misty, almost like foggy, like a steamy, hot fog. Soon everyone's enveloped in this foggy mist, and you can't really see more than like a foot in front of your face. And Penelope, what what evil magic is this, pile? What are your plans for us? And everybody starts. People are you know nervous There's, when you can't see things. You get scared. Roland draw. Draws his sword, but if he goes to draw a sword, he realizes they don't have it. Pile, you leave Cinderella. Cinderella, are you all right? And Penelope's like, Cinderella, if you don't let him take you, Cinderella, let us know you're safe. I'm safe. And Pile, I won't have it. I won't have this pile. Come face us and let us know what you want. Goodbye, Pile. All of a sudden, Cinderella's, oh, no. Ah, ah. And he goes silent. And then Roland, Roland's like, Cinderella, Cinderella, and he's looking around, I mean, Roland's ready to leap, and then Penelope's like, no, Pio, I'll I'll have my vengeance on you, and people are crying, and and screaming, and panicking, and then Penelope's voice cuts out, and then Roland's voice cuts out, and slowly, silence penetrates the mist, and I don't know if silence can penetrate it, but becomes pervasive and it's just a silent mist floating and then finally like Pyle must got wind of this and the mist starts to break Not, I don't know what Pyle was off doing but he sucks in the mist into, into the water and then rises out of the water the rushing water and he looks around and everyone's gone and there's little holes where everyone's gone.
1: No, oh. no.
0: And he like, you know, goes to like shake his fists in fury with their water. And he's like flame, and they sees the holes. And he points his arms down there. Rush, water rushes into the, all the holes. You no, know, pile doesn't know is is. You know, if you're going to fill up holes with water, you don't want to do it in anger. So his first effort kind of clogs the holes. So it takes him a little bit to start to fill the holes in the old um, caddyshack water in the hole um, to get the groundhog way. But eventually he does. Meanwhile, what? Agatha came up with a plan. And all the people are riding seahorses or holding on holding on to sand horses and they're being rushed to freedom and they get to the cavern where they had last met and uh Agatha's like Agatha, they all see Agatha standing with these sand horse rebels and and she's standing next to uh, Chetty Chetty Bong Bong Cinderella rushes and Roland and Penelope hugging with, we thought you left us we thought we were going to, she said, no, no so we have to hurry you know, I can hear the water coming. And they're like, Mr. Shagatha, Yankee, Yankee, we have to hurry to get these people to safety. And everyone's like, a lot of people are riding on these giant, you know, the giant, a lot of people are riding on giant worms. Which I didn't mention earlier like a second ago, but everyone's just waiting. And just like, okay, I'm going to rush over to that. We're going to go to the untouched palace and we're going to keep everyone safe there. Is a room there? Like, yes, but only the one that is meant to enter can and she's like I'll oh, we'll enter it no matter what. You talked. to them. maybe this is what the prophecy is. I have to help Cinderella keep her people safe. i i w I've sworn to help you. And Cinderella walks up and she she sees that uh chatty, chatty, bomb Bombong as the leader. She says, oh, I want to thank you and offer my services for saving us. If what Agatha says is true and you need our help, you know we we will offer it and and uh, they look each other over. And you could tell, I mean, if this was a movie animated or not, you know, they had, they share a moment, these two. Chatter-chatter-bomb-bomb and Cinderella. But it's only a moment, and it's broken. And it's broken by this thunderous sound of a lightning cannon. And then slowly a wall collapses in the giant chamber they're in, in these... Strange tanks come through, and the rebels are like, "Oh, oh!" And then psh, another hole opens, and then more tanks and and straight up professional soldiers come through. sand horse soldiers, and the uh, ultra modern like these are cool ass tanks with like these lightning dual lightning guns. PA some other tanks. We have you surrounded. Drop your weapons. Expect no fighting. Rone's like, oh, I don't see they're surrounded. They only have us on two sides. so uh. I says, well, the pile's coming. She sees dripping water. which like, oh, great. This is just not what we need. what chet chet so what said, what do you want? We're, uh, uh, we're helping these... We've been called by Surface World Worlders for help. And the general hops off the tank and walks up to Chai. and goes, ah, jetty, jetty, Bang Bang. It's been a long time. Once we were best friends. But you did not drink of your mother's milk. You drank of warm milk. You did not understand the way of the well. Well, well, we are here to stop you and the Surface Worlders for the water in the well spoke to us. Said you want to take away... that your plan is to fulfill the... That you plan on fulfilling the prophecy. Taking away what we want. Taking away the treats... and the joys... and the pleasures. Disrupting the way of the well. Chitty-chat, chitty-chat, my brother. You must know if the well... Of want has never been good for our people. You Noah know, has never been good for our people I and mean, then we could talk for hours about it. But these these folks, these serfs brothers. They face a, a evil they face the evil of pile they are facing pile. The essence of darkness. we are sworn to help them. Try to bomb bomb I cannot let you pass. I cannot let you escape, fool. I represent the will of the people and the well. I cannot let you all escape. I'm taking you all my... Pr- all of a sudden, everything starts... The whole ground starts to shake around everybody. Around the tanks, around the fairy people, around the sand rebels, around the humans. And they notice then they're suddenly starting to thrust upward. And like water's going ahead of them and spraying out a hole, and water must be lifting this platform they're on. (sighs) Next thing they know, boom! They're back up in the center of town. And they're kind of like in a reverse sinkhole where piles, water power just push them back up to the surface. I guess like a water earth elevator. Probably the first time it's been invented by an evil wizard, unfortunately. And I guess a pretty rare power to have the like, power to control an element in this way. So, probably not replicable. But, yeah, he was able to move the earth. I mean, yeah, because he stabilized it with water, and he used the water for drilling. Anyway, they're back on the earth. Back in town. Everybody. And they're right on the edge of, uh right in the middle of town, right by the uh portal to fairyland. You can tell Pyle's kind of regathering his water into some concentrated kind of form, just like the uh, Terminator in Terminator Two. Cinderella says, just "Quickly, people! We must work together. This is the only way we'll be able to stop the Wizard Pyle. He's gather- regathering his strength right now. If we could all work together, we could become, we could defeat him." And everyone's like, well, uh, well, uh, uh, no. okay. we-, "We got lightning weapons. We don't need your help." And Rose was like, we got our lava weapon. Santa Alley, you ruined everything. We could have had a perfectly nice life. You know, I, I was a middle class. I had, I had a flower shop. Now I have nothing. And the fairy, you know, I, I've i spent every day in my garden in the morning and the afternoon, and I just did my job, and I enjoyed it. And now you, 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 with your pretty little perfect face and your pouty lips and your button nose, you fucked it all up. Duh. Everybody's just still mad at, why can't you just like, uh, what, t- does anyone have any magic? Can we just go back in time to the way things were. Oh. And Cinderella, she's, she's, she's struck by how things have turned against her and how no one, she's like, negative, what's swooned in a bad way? Like, she's about to faint and she's just like, defeat, beaten. Defeated, and then Piles, Piles sh- comes strutting in as a water human, about six foot four, looks just like old Pile but slightly translucent. And he just chuckles, ha 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 ha. Ah, Cinderella, Agatha, thank you for bringing me these fine soldiers of. Weapons of lava and lightning. Ah, uh, now I can rule the underworld. I already controlled you with the well of want. Finally got a grasp of how to use that. New fairy people. I was listening, and you could go back. Would you like to go back to the way things were? I could easily banish these monsters from your land and return you. You could return to doing your work. You, underworld sand people, you could return to doing what you want. In exchange for having me as your ruler, doing little chores I assign you, you won't even be aware of it, because it'll be from your well of work. or well, part of getting from the well of want will be accomplishing little tasks I send you out on. Conquering this kingdom of that. I can do away with these rebels that don't want to work with me. And these rabble rousing stone-faced women and puffy-faced grandmothers. And you, Cinderella of all. You know, people are kind of like in shock because, you know, idea of working for Pile. On the surface, it sounds good, but, uh, you know, everybody's guts are kind of like, uh-oh, this guy's kind of a jerk. And uh, Cinderella's not sure. She's Even she's like, hmm, I'll make a bargain with this dude. Pyle says, uh, ah, you're speechless, eh? Cinderella says, well, let's make a bargain. Pyle says, there'll be no bargain. My way, you'll die, all of you. Every single man, woman, child, fairy godmother, fairy fa- godfather. Very cousin, father. Sand rebel, sand child, sand worms. You either work for Pyle or you die. It is that simple? So who? What you first? A silence falls over. Cinderella's kind of crying. Cause. She's, uh... I don't know what to do. All of a sudden, the Roland says, I'll choose first. Pyle, you could take my life as an example. I want all of you to be safe. I know that that choice will be much easier if you watch me. I know the value of your life will be much more meaningful if you. If you see me lose mine, I was ah exactly. He said, "Go ahead, back up towards that portal of monsters, and all the monsters are right up against the portal, snapping and snapping." And well, uh, I just have a few things I want to say. One, Cinderella, it's been my honor serving you, and that is enough to make my life fulfilled. I've learned something greater than love called service to a leader. A real leader that has caring. And Rowan starts this long speech. He's quoting Larry of Ladyburg and these these other childhood heroes like um, the Elfkins, which was another story his mom used to tell him about these elves that lived in the woods. He's just going on and on. And meanwhile... You know, Agatha and Penelope, they're watching Cinderella. They can't believe Cinderella's broken. And Chai his bong bong their hearts are breaking. The monsters are, like, Roland's backed up. He's speaking. He's right against the thing. And the monsters are banging against the thing, like I said. And Chai Chatty bong bong even sees, like, this evil, mutated, acid-spitting worm monster. Oh, that's so sad. That worm changed into a nasty beast, and I just thought, "Oh my God!" I'm like, what? Wait a second. You know, what if we uh, if he tries to back rolling and we free the uh, the lava, you know, we could the volcano. We turn the volcano into a pile. Oh, the volcano! No, your volcano weapons didn't stop him, so will turn to a mist, and then I'll just regenerate. And then Penelope said, "What if?" I change the mod- What if I change the monsters into into giant dogs, and they lick pile up like water? And I guess like, "No, no, he'll just blow out their stomachs." Or was like, "No, no, that was it's like shit." I think he's got us. And meanwhile, Roland's spe- speech speech kind of draws to a close. And as much as I would have liked to give you the speech and have it say it was like inspiring. But the most inspiring stuff he said was what he said to Cinderella. The rest of it was kind of nonsense, and maybe it was just Roland trying to buy some time. Like, but he's backed up, and Pyle says, "And now, I want all of you to watch the cost of defying me." And Cinderella kind of says, "You, I, I won't open the portal, and you need my rock hand to open the portal." And Pyle just laughs, and Wraps some water around her. Shoves her arm right in the portal. Portal opens up. He shoves. Shoves Roland towards the monsters. I hope you're asleep because. Roland. The monsters take Roland. And. and Roland sacrifices his life. And luckily he was hit by a poisoned dart. By um. frog monsters that shoot darts so he wasn't mutilated. he just got hit in the heart with a poisoned dart and he falls to his knees Pyle laughs and as he starts as Roland passes from this world into the next Pyle like shoots something water at him that instantly freezes Roland into the statue like freezes all his liquids and stuff one says, that statue will remain frozen, crystallized forever, so that you will all remember the cost of defying me. And Cinderella raises her hands, and she says, Okay, Pyle, I offer myself and my people to do with as you wish, with just one small caveat. That any suffering or punishment due upon the people is done upon me first as an example. Any punishment we plan to met, even to the verge of death. Any torture, any humiliation. Just do unto me first so that these people will remain without harm. Please, do as he wishes. And he said, ah, you are a leader. Fortunately for you, a good leader. But you lose. I will keep you safe with me, Cinderella, high in a tower for all to watch. Any time any one of you makes a mistake, if it is not death, you will have to watch your princess suffer. No, you will be the... it will befall you as well. And Agatha is kind of like wandered over to the statue of Roland and Penelope, and she... Agatha's just kind of holding her hand to his cheek because she was the first one just really at a loss. Penelope's kind of he was a good man. You know, kind of doing a side. It's not that big of a deal pile because they're not up to anything and then Agatha says to herself like he's crystallized. It's not, even, it's not even cold. She looks from Roland. It's a crystallized. crystal. crystallized. She looks over at the sand, horses of sand. She crystal and sand. But i be I may have the solution. As a child, we live not far from the desert. And my mother, she would make jewelry from the crystals. One day I asked my mother, Where mother, where do the crystals come from that you gather and sell? That we gather and you sell or you make into jewelry? And she said, Oh, Oh, my dear, it's so funny. She goes, we make our living from sponge poop. So, dear, there's these sponges that live in the desert, and they wait for rainfall. And they suck in the rainfall, and they use uh, everything in the rainfall to fuel their bodies. And the only thing left are these crystals, and that's their poop. She goes, the sponges poop crystals. No one knows that they're wearing jewels of poop. Sponge poop. Isn't that funny? Penelope just stares at her like shit you going bonkers, bonk son and I says don't you get it? She change all those monsters into sand sponges now Giant sand sponges And then Penelope gets it She just busts out her wand and Penelope she goes, did you hear that, fairies? Sand sponges now, every monster. And there's like about sixty. So they start shooting their wands at the sand, the spon, uh, the monsters, change them to sand sponges. Agatha's like, throw the sponges at pile. And this pile's like in the middle of you know his James Bond victory speech, where he's not even killing James Bond. He's like, I already beaten Bond. Already gave up. And then people start picking up the sponges and throwing them. And, Grab a sand sponge. And everyone grabs sand sponges. They're throwing them at pile. People are running and shoving them on pile. Piles getting hit by sponges. And sponges just start slurping them up. And these sponges, I mean, they're in the desert. So they're, I mean, you remember the ShamWow? I mean, these sponges are like a billion times more absorbent. They have to suck the dew out of air to survive. And, I mean, any rainfall at all, they absorb absorb it any moisture so they suck more they suck pile dry and then pile's trying to fight And these sponges they ain't letting go of the liquid then cinderella's like hurry gather the sponges up gather them up throw them in a grabby a bucket and they throw the bucket and they gather all the sponges up and and pile's stuck in these sponges and, and she's place the bucket place the bucket next to next to Roland. So they push the bucket over next to Roland. Meanwhile, Cinderella's got her hand in the, the portal, you know, to keep it open. What, you, what, what Agatha didn't say, Agatha's mom might not have known this, it takes like hundreds of years of slow digestion to break down the elements of water and turn them into crystal for these sponges. And so and it's incredibly painful for the water. So piles of about years and years of torture in this bucket and it, even though water technically and he starts letting it he's just letting out these eh, horrible screeches and everyone's covering his ears horrible so Cinderella just pulls her arm out from the portal and the portal shuts and you can barely if you stand close enough to the portal you can hear the horrible sound but obviously it kind of taints fairyland forever that there's a, he's just going to be tor- slowly digested and turned into crystal Inside these sponges forever, or close to for, for him, it's going to feel like 10 lifetimes. And everyone's gathering around the portal and kind of, they're all in shock. And Cinderella turns to Agatha and she says, Stepmother, you saved us. The rebels go, it's true. You are the one from the prophecy. And everyone gathers in, even the, 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 uh, sand soldiers, they seem to be shaken out of some daze, and every, most people are in a daze. I mean, their world's really been turned upside down, and they—a lot of people go to their knee and they bow to Agatha, and they're like, "Our new queen, Yankee Agatha, we salute you. The prophecy is proven true, Yankee Agatha, untouched palace awaits you." I know these are your people to rule as well. And then the fairies go on their knees, and the humans. So you you saved us from the wizard pile. And everyone's just in, in check. Like she almost like she's a demigod come down from the heaven. And uh, they're all on their knees bowing. they're like, Yankee, you could live in the surface world and our world, but we will all bow to you as queen. And Agatha looks and she says, Even Cinderella says, you know, she puts her hand on the stepmother's back and steps behind her. She's like, I think, I think this is right. You always wanted to live in the palace. Now I know why, stepmother. For you. You're the queen. She goes to take her crown off, which has amazingly and unexpectedly remained on Cinderella's head this whole time. We've almost been unaware of it because she's been on a quite a whirlwind in the past couple of weeks. And Agatha stops her and she says, No. Queen, I'm not. And this man, she looks, points over at Roland. That man was not a king, but he made a sacrifice greater than any king could. But, why? Well, he was a great man, he was not a leader. He was not one with an openness of the heart that it takes to care for each and every one of you. And I do not have that. I am a schemer. I can come up with plans and I'm swift on my feet, right? I'm smarter than most of you folks. Let's not beat around the bush. And I like that these sand people think I'm a beautiful woman. And like some of you, some of you, I won't be forgetting. But this is a queen. Beauty side. Queen or king. It is not what is on the outside that matters. Well, I guess it's not on the inside, really, either. It's something... That goes well beyond that. Something I don't have, but you do, Cinderella. Sand people, you might not know Cinderella. This is my stepdaughter, Cinderella. I was a terrible stepmother to her, tortured her, threw her, made her count lentils one time, covered in ash. Made a wife quite unpleasant with my two daughters, who I haven't seen in a while, but I know they're among all you humans in here somewhere. But she is the right one. Maybe your prophecy was a bit off. But Cinderella is a worthy leader, and over the past few times I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, Cinderella this, oh, Cinderella that, oh, the old life, oh, it's so great, oh, it's all garbage, you people. For as long as this woman lives, she will treat you with fairness and goodness. She is our queen with that, Penelope gets on her knees, kisses Cinderella's hand. Nigh, would be honored to serve you, queen. If you'll have me. Cinderella's so touched, she's speechless. And i kind of speechless, I mean... Cinderella should be queen, and Agatha's come a long way since she started out as just a a patient stepmother was, I think, the first or second episode, just waiting her time to get into the castle, and that's all she seemed to wanted. But Agatha seemed to have come a long way, and so is Cinderella. And Roland, obviously, has come a long way. He's not with us anymore, and I'm sorry, those of you that planned on wedding Roland or loved him. But he's a hero, and will always be. Penelope, she seemed to... Come a little bit of ways. Not quite as far as everyone else, but I think she's grown. And folks, this is... I, didn't, I wasn't sure tonight would be the uh, last episode of the season for After the Glass Slipper, but... This is an end for now. And we'll still have episodes, but it won't, for a little while we're going to take a break from this story. Because it's in a good place to take a break. Because everything's good. And I'm sure... Things won't be good for long, but let's give these people a chance to recover. Cinderella, Agatha, sand people, fairy people, human people. And See, you know, we'll check back with them, I promise. And thanks for sticking out and enjoying this story, if you have, or the parts of it that put you to sleep. I hope at least a tiny part of this story found its way into your heart. Or... Into your dreams. Okay? I'm getting a little... Uh, I guess I don't know if I'm trying to fill dead air or I actually am uh, human. and having a feeling here, but probably just filling dead air. Because my job's to bore you to sleep, not carry you to sleep. I'm a boredom superhero, not a caring superhero. But I kind of care. That's not true. I care. And I hope if you're not asleep and you're still listening, that that helps you in some way, you know maybe I give you a little maybe roll in sacrifice, which is much more than mine of just taking a little time to help you fall asleep. Maybe that could create something warm inside you that makes you feel safe and comforted, and that you could curl up with that if with nothing else and whatever agony or anxiety or whatever's creeping at your door go ahead and snuggle up with that piece of Roland or that piece of Agatha or Penelope or Cinderella. Or if you feel dark, you know, there might have been some good things about the wizard pile or the rebel. Maybe you're into the bad boy, like Cha uh, Chata Bong Bong. You know, go for it. Snuggle up with him. Just take that feeling of safety, security, and caring with you tonight okay get a good night's rest and we'll be back Thursday night don't worry it just won't be with after the glass slipper for a little while Or not, I don't know I don't want to lie to you I don't know how long it'll be but I'll be back I don't think I could stay away from Magatha for very long thanks for listening so much and I hope you're getting some rest Oh, fuck daylight savings time, too. And if you're not in the U.S., go ahead and look that up. Night.